I'm hoping to prove that within every normal system, there exists an aberration. Something different. This weird aberration society. This aberration, whose only means of expression are wanton violence. Welcome back uh, to Mutual Aberration Society. Um, I'm Ryan Jackson, um, and today um, I'm going to be silencing my phone and uh, talking about <laughs> talking about uh, a few things. Uh, one, I'm going to be talking about uh, Blockbuster Video, and more specifically, uh, my experience working uh, at Blockbuster Video with my guest who also um used to work at blockbuster video a now a thing of the past a distant memory and not not that distant memory um r.i.p <laughs> and i'm all and also i'm going to be talking about as usual um a movie uh called signal 100 um which is surprise a japanese movie uh <laughs> which seems to be another reoccurring theme uh but with that out the way, uh, the person I have on to discuss both of these things is my guest, uh, Eddie Rathke. Um, now, Eddie, uh, first of all, welcome. Um, and second, um, the floor is yours to give your own introduction. So if you will, uh, tell everybody who Eddie Rathke is. Sure. Uh, I am I'm Eddie Rathke, former Blockbuster employee, current uh solidarity oh, yeah <laughs> current uh bullshit job haver um mm-hmm. i'm also a writer i write a uh, newsletter called what is my newsletter called wolf i think it's wolf <laughs> <laughs> um the website is radical edward.substack.com and then uh i also publish books under the name e rathke to separate me from my old books published under Edward J. Rathke that are no longer available. I was going to ask you about that, but you you answered that question right off top. I did notice yeah. <laughs> that he goes by E. Rathke, but it's Edward. Why did that? So now that's now I understand the reasoning behind it. Yeah, um, and for a long time I was going to actually do just a straight up pseudonym because I kind of disappeared from the internet for a long time. Then I came back. I was going to just be someone else, but I was like, man, it's already hard enough to get people to pay attention. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> just popping in as a stranger. <laughs> I thought about doing that too. I thought about using my middle name, uh, but I got dissuaded from that because everyone, every writer or person I know who uses their middle name that I know is a huge dork. And like, <laughs> I'm like, uh, I make fun of some of the people I know who use their middle name as right. Cause I was going to be like Ryan Robert Jackson, just to re- sort of rebrand. Yeah. Like, especially when I was doing more prose as opposed to like, cause I've been writing scripts for so long. That I was like, maybe I should throw a Robert in there or just a Robert on some shit that I'm going to like write in direct, you know, mm-hmm. like, but then I, th- I was like, nah, I'm just going to stay with Ryan Jackson. Fuck it. Uh, <laughs> <Who cares? laughs> yeah. Who gives a fuck? Yeah. Plus, I just didn't oh. want to do the three name thing. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Any, is there like serial killers that have three names? I guess because Ryan Spook, Robert yeah. Jackson <laughs> is technically three first names, right? Like that is three first names because I know yeah. people named Jackson. I mean, and obviously <laughs> there's millions of Ryans and millions of Roberts. So yeah, and they're all serial killers. And they're all serial killers. Yes, yes. Um, shout out solidarity to my. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so 
when you when I heard that you had worked at Blockbuster, I was like, damn, I, I need to get Eddie on one because I, I read I read Hal and I really liked your book Hal. And we can talk oh, about you. that. But I've also been reading your Substack and I'm familiar with your other work. And one of the things I noticed about you that I really like is that you're like extremely prolific, right? Um, and we can talk a little bit more about that in terms of like you know because I know you you wrote a, a pretty pretty good essay about about how you work, um, which, yeah. I, which I found interesting and uh, made a lot of sense when I read it. But first, Blockbuster. <laughs> now, um, let me just start off by asking you, um, I first started work, working at Blockbuster when I was 16 years old. And uh, it was my first official job. Uh, before that, I had been working like with my dad, like, and like, he was just like, make me tag along with him because he had his own, uh, he used to contract clean like movie theaters and shit mm. so like he would just take me with him in the summer and like he would pay me and shit but then i was like finally got a real job and it was blockbuster so i went from like a movie thing to another movie thing um so yeah i mean this is a trend in my life apparently but um i worked there and it was a very interesting time in my life um because i was so young like and i didn't really know shit yeah. uh but i worked there for i don't know it, it seemed like a for like at least one year I can't even remember if I was longer than that. Um, when did, when, how, okay, first of all, how old were you when you first started working at Blockbuster Video? And then how long was it that you worked at Blockbuster Video? <laughs> yeah. So the Blockbuster by my house, um, and I don't know if this, so it was weirdly like the biggest one in the state. Um, oh, wow. And we were, we were open the longest, <laughs> which I didn't realize until later. But uh, they didn't let you work there until you were 18. I don't know if it's just like a store policy. Because like, Ooh. if you remember, Blockbuster, it's like a corporate thing. But it's also, it was kind of franchise. Like, Yeah, just... you could buy your own franchise. Kind <clears> of, <throat> yeah. Yeah. So um, he, I don't know, he just, you could you had to be 18. And uh, I worked a lot of jobs before I worked at Blockbuster. But Blockbuster was actually like my dream job, which is a funny uh, job as your dream job. But... <laughs> Yeah, I worked there for I worked there for about two years. So I worked there all of my senior year of high school, um, and then my first year of college, I worked there off and on. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I loved working there. Um, just this well, there's there are a lot of shitty things about working at Blockbuster because there's a lot of shitty things about working anywhere. anywhere. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah I uh, look back on that time, and I used to think about the things that I hated, but then I've worked flash forward to all these years later of working a series of dumb jobs from all and i'm like you know what you know I, I probably now i have the discipline to do that job and really just relish in it but it's like yeah it's gone yeah. <laughs> it's not it's not a fucking thing anymore so uh and you know. like for me i would go to blockbuster you know multiple times a week and pick up i used to watch like i don't know almost a movie every day sometimes more than a movie every day because i uh i don't know that's what i did with my life <laughs> um and so blockbuster when you worked there at least at my store you got five <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah five free yeah, rentals yeah, a yeah. week and you could rent the ones that were coming out next week yep um so i would i was always just watching movies yeah and i worked I the I night shift so i'd get home at like 2 a.m and i just watch a movie yeah yeah and go to sleep <laughs> <laughs> yeah that five that five rentals thing was i guess it was like a, a company like employee perk that was like i guess company-wide 
because that was one of the first things they told us that was like yeah you get you get five free rentals and then like you can get them the, the coolest part was like the movies that were going to be new releases yeah. like when they came in early you could get them first you know what i mean and, and watch i love that <laughs> yeah, i love that too so but i had it double because you remember i said i worked with my father right oh yeah my father he still did the cleaning he did it for years like there were two local movie theaters he did them both so nice. like but anytime a movie was about to release they had to screen it before they actually uh, hmm. you know, sh- showed it and let for it open. So they, at night, usually the day, usually the day before, or it depends on when they got the print, but they would screen, they would have an employee sit and watch the movie to make sure there was nothing wrong with it. <laughs> you know, so like, Man, that's a good and we too. were allowed to go. So <laughs> yeah. I got to see movies early both ways. You know what I mean? It was like, I was, that's seeing, awesome. I was seeing movies early all the time. Like, you know, um, and, and when I got to Blockbuster, it was just like, yeah, it was one of those things where like, and, and it's ironic that I have a podcast that talks about like weird movies a lot, but like I was always looking for the weird shit though. It got yeah. to a point where it was like, yeah, like <clears throat> I did like the new releases, but I kind of like got over that. Cause I was like, okay, what what's the weirdest shit I can find in here? Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you have a store full of movies and mm-hmm. you know, if you see, let's say there's 5,000 movies in the store mm-hmm. and you're seeing five a week uh, at least, well maybe not at least but you know you could see five movies a week and there's a lot of movies that you know you're not going to see because they're bad (laughs) you know so you so like that five thousand that are in the store kind of probably cuts down to like one thousand that you actually want to watch yeah and so you're just working your way through it and you start finding the real weird stuff and the real good stuff well, it sounds to me that your selection was probably way more vast than mine since it was the biggest one in the state. I don't think yeah. <laughs> the biggest. I don't think the blockbuster I worked at was the biggest at all. Um, but uh, I just I do remember I I do remember vaguely like that the competition was like Hollywood Video, and they were like <laughs> across the street. <laughs> Hollywood yeah. Video was bigger, like than Mar Blockbuster, and I used to be like, "Oh, really." Yeah, yeah. So I used to go in there sometimes and be like, damn, they got shit that we don't even have. You know what I mean? We don't have. That's funny. Yeah. So I used to think like, damn, maybe I'm in the wrong place. Like I even I even knew people that I worked with who eventually like left and went there and they were like they were managers and shit. Like they were younger people. They were like they started to just regular employees like me and then they like became assistant manager. But then they got hired at Hollywood Video to be an actual just manager <laughs> and, out. right they were like climbing the ladder or some shit and i was like okay. yeah that's funny yeah, yeah our uh our hollywood video in my city was pretty small probably because we had such a big blockbuster um and there were a few you know other movie rental places for a while but uh when, when did you work at uh blockbuster um it was the 1990 i'm showing my age uh 1998 through <laughs> I want to say right before 2000. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so by the time I worked there, Hollywood video was like almost dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was yeah. working there when uh, Netflix was kind of moving in. Well, when Netflix had the, the mail mail order, <clears throat> which they still do have, by the way, it still exists. It's a separate yeah. separate service. And they still have like movies that you can't fucking ever find on Netflix mail-in, like the mail-in models, yeah. which is interesting. I was I like, l- fuck i need this i was looking at that the other day like damn they got shit on here i couldn't find anywhere (laughs) yeah that i mean that's why i got netflix originally in like i don't know 2005 or 2006 so i so i had netflix and i worked at blockbuster so i was getting like you know just constant movies and i remember talking to my manager uh this is probably like 2006 maybe 2007 and he was like he was trying to convince me not to go to college he was like (laughs) 
he's like he's like you could be a manager i was like okay that like a is that a, is that a compliment <laughs> um but i was like i don't think blockbusters are gonna exist in five years that's good foresight <laughs> but, it, but what's funny is like i, I thought i was being kind of like rude like but i don't even think that netflix made it the five years like because at the time they started to do their own kind of mail-in thing to try to head yeah, off i remember that netflix yeah, yeah but once netflix went streaming it was just it was done. over right, yeah over. like not even a chance like because the movie pass was a really good deal at blockbuster it was like the best deal you could get um we have like two out and you can ex- exchange them as many times as you want um that's those are like the regulars i got to know some of those guys pretty well they're funny but uh but yeah it's a it kind of sucks that places like blockbuster are gone mm. You know, <laughs> and that's what I wanted to touch on because because you're right, it does kind of suck because they're just it's a thing of the past. Like the movie, the the video rental place was such a. It's gone the way of like, I don't know. I mean, malls are still around. You know what I mean? Kinda. But like, <laughs> kind of right, but but not like they. It it feels that way where it's like this this sort of relic, like of yeah. the past where you're like fuck because they used to be gathering places right and they used yep. to be sort of like these places where it's like people would just hang out like you said they have yeah people who were regulars who would come in and you know they would rent you knew you kind of knew what they would rent most of the time like so when they came in you'd be like i already know what you want you know what I mean? <laughs> like those people like yeah yeah I, we got new horror shit we got new whatever you know what i mean like yeah just got to know people's taste and they got to like frequent the store enough to where like you would know them on a first name basis and yeah, then- I used to, uh, this guy, uh, I forgot his first name. I think it was Will Wilhelmy. I think that was his name. He had like a <laughs> big white beard, like down his chest and he was bald, but had hair down to his shoulders. <clears throat> he was a former, former Hell's Angels. And, uh, he was like, those guys are everywhere. I swear. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, he was living off a pension. So like I asked him, you know, what he does all day. Cause he was like coming in sometimes like twice a day picking up movies with his movie pass he's like i just smoke grass and watch movies <laughs> i was like cool <laughs> um so it's funny because like we kind of became friends even though he was 70 and i was 18 but uh he'd come in and i just like you know i grabbed a stack of movies that have to be restocked and just like hang out with him for a while <laughs> while he was walking around um but yeah I, the the big thing i think that's missed from you know, it's kind of like the good thing about bookstores like people love bookstores because you just can browse around yeah um and that's how i found you know so many weird movies that especially pre like uh you know pre like real internet how we think of it now yeah it's like yeah. Th- there's no way to find like not like know, it, yeah it wasn't it wasn't <laughs> like it is now you're right like i remember yeah. i remember when netflix first started streaming and i remember like like just like being so against it just for the fact that like I knew it it wouldn't buffer like it would I mean it would buffer but you would have that sort of like and then at one right. day I just remember one day I was watching it stream and I'm like this shit looks just like a blu-ray almost like what the fuck and I was and at yeah. that point I knew it was over it was like this shit is over <laughs> I was it like, was yeah yeah because I remember when they first started so I've been at I've been a subscriber of Netflix since like 2006 which is crazy um but like I remember when they first started having streaming, it was like fifty total movies. Yeah, but yeah. they were like good ones, you know. They were like they're real old, like classic, like Norwegian movies because they're like these are what the rights are for, like cheap. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and it kind of in that way reminded me of 
working at Blockbuster in that, like, you know, because like you said, you see all the new stuff coming through and eventually you're just kind of like looking elsewhere. And that's how I found like a lot of weird Japanese horror and just like, uh, you know, all kinds of weird movies. I discovered Wan Kar Wai there and like Takeshi Kitano. Yeah. And uh, you just, there's no way, or like um, Lady Vengeance and uh, Sympathy for Mr. Revenge yeah, and Old Boy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I remember the first time I saw Old Boy, I was just like, what the fuck did I pick up? Yeah. See, I had that experience, but at the, I had this is after I had left Blockbuster. So I was working at um, Burlington Co. Factory. <laughs> um, but there was a media play, another place that doesn't no longer exist right next door. And like, that for whatever reason right media play the suncoast videos those kind of stores they don't they're all gone now but like i i used to go into that media play and they had every kind of movie like so that's where i found like a lot of shit like like you were saying some of the names you just mentioned like whether it was like takashi uh takano beat takashi like that was the first movie (laughs) i ever saw was media play had it you know they had all the argento shit all the tart and Asia extreme, Asian extreme, yeah. all of that shit. It was all, it was like media play. I got Ricky. O, like story of Ricky from, from media play. Like this is after my, my, you know, leaving blockbuster. It was like, I would just go into that store all the time. Yeah. I would buy like movies and CDs. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, man. Yeah. Buying like, CDs. See, I remember that too. <laughs> yeah. Like that's some shit that like just no one really does anymore. I mean, well, mm-hmm. I will say people do it, but it's just changed. It's, it's become more of a, uh, I don't know. It's it's more of a it's like a hipster thing now, you know? Yeah. And it's like the thing about buying CDs, like mm-hmm. I remember when people used to buy tapes, even though like no one really listened to tapes anymore. It was like their thing that they bought tapes. But it's like uh what what's the point of having a CD player? Like uh someone sent me, do you know David James Keaton? Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know of him. Yeah, I know. Oh, yeah. So so <laughs> he sent me his new book and he sent me uh a CD, CD? <laughs> and he, he asked me before he sent it he's like do you have a CD player I was like no because <laughs> like, I don't like even my even my uh, computer doesn't have a CD player anymore well I I really I, I have a record player but <laughs> yeah I have a record um, player but but uh I do uh have a CD player in my car because my car is like a 2014 oh nice so I have a CD player in my car still and I have a very old uh Mac Pro tower and it's still oh, has yeah. cd-rom drive so yeah technically i have cd players but they're like default cd players yeah, like, <laughs> yeah they just you, yeah. you know what i mean it's not like i have a stereo system anymore and then where i can put a cd in it i was you know I, th- I think about that like damn i can't if i really wanted to there's only two ways i can really listen to it but yeah like, and that, i've been thinking about that a lot lately because like uh you know when you work at blockbuster and dvds come out um the prices get slashed over time and the ones that don't sell, they have to destroy. Um, so I would, I would, pay, you know, it'd be like three movies for three DVDs for twenty bucks. So I had like a bunch of movies, and I have no idea what I did with my DVD players, like or with my DVDs, like ten years ago. But I'm kind of trying to get physical media again, both like music and movies, because like it's, I mean, nothing beats the convenience of streaming. But like, you know, your favorite TV show might be the most available thing to watch in the world and then the rights change and it goes to one of these new streaming platforms and you're like ah oh, fuck like i don't want to get i don't want to pay like 
10 bucks a month to watch like this one show that I've seen a thousand times, but I do want to watch that show again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've, I've gotten to the point where like I've been, uh, I've been like buying a lot of, a lot more physical media. Like I do like reading books physically and it's not, it's not that I don't read stuff digitally cause I do, but, but, it's about screen time for me a lot of times. Like, yeah. like it's like I would I feel like a lot better. I stare at a screen already enough. You know what I'm saying? From looking at your yeah. phone to like writing on a laptop to to do, you know, you're I'm always on a screen. So it's like if I can get a book, a physical book, I get it. Like, you know what I mean? I'm yeah. like, especially if I'm like, fuck it, it's it's worth it. You know what I mean? I'll just I'm gonna, you know, and then also I can reread it if I want, or I can give it away, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. whatever you know like so so i and then come same thing with film uh, with movies like i buying like actual blu-rays with like uh you know special features and shit because i'm into that type yeah. of shit. you know what i mean like i i, I def vhs like i i'm back on my vhs i don't know I, I i don't know why but i just love i mean VHS. there's some movies that never got made into dvds yeah. i mean like i have a, just i have a vcr like like you know what i mean i have a vcr uh um and like i Re- I, I didn't get i got another one not that long ago because you could just walk into like i have a giant thrift store like one yeah. of like the hubs that's like <laughs> around here and i walk in there have vcrs all the time like, like so five I, bucks. I, I, I just grab <laughs> one like bam and then and then i just like every time i come across like a vhs like i've got all kinds of shit like videodrome like i feel like videodrome should only be watched on vhs yeah you know what i mean like so so i have vhs's and shit that i still watch i mean like i'm definitely like like cutting the court because I, there's something about like giving all too much control to like these fucking media definitely and like you know? i don't know it also is just kind of like what you're saying you know uh you you can't lend a streaming movie to somebody yeah you yeah, know yeah. and like <laughs> yeah it's so uh but what i've noticed too is like even with criterion collection you know they have a streaming service now yeah um like if you want to buy one of their box sets though it's like you know 150 bucks but they're like hey the streaming service just is just a hundred dollars a year i was like well that's a that's a way better deal but i don't want the rest right now i just want this and and as much as i i do like the criterion channel like they do this thing like all streaming streaming platforms do where like it's not all the libraries available like you know what I mean? Like like they're streaming the it majority of it, but then time. it like changes over. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. It's like I would rather have the di- the disc. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and not. And I think to... like they're they do such a good job with like you know I just got the Wong Kar Wai collection for Christmas, which I've been asking for for a few years. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's just like it's nice to have them because uh, you know he's like my favorite film. Uh, director and i've seen all his movies a bunch of times but i've never actually owned any of the physical copies i've always just like watched uh torrents of them <laughs> <laughs> and so it's like stuff like that you're like uh it comes with like essays tons of special features and you're like you know this is worth it like this is this is something i want and i want to have it for ever you know because yeah. like yeah. criterion channel might go away in five years and then where, where are all those movies gonna go you know they'll go to some streaming service, but like maybe they'll, maybe all those movies will go to you know ten different streaming services. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. It's like finding certain movies that like, and they got to get like sometimes like it'll be streaming someplace, 
are in another country because they have yeah. the rights and you get right. so you have to do this thing of like you have to get a vpn and all this extra <laughs> bullshit you know what i mean to try to it's like you know like i mean at this point i'm pretty adept at, at like finding stuff and, and getting around loopholes and shit but like it's like yeah but like if i just had the disc and i could just pop right. it like i would and just I, do that like you know what i mean yeah and you know it's one of those things too it's like it was nice just going to a vid- like a video store and just like walking around for 20 minutes you know even right. if you don't like right. you might just be picking up like zoolander for the 10th time but like you know you spend <laughs> the time kind of like looking around because you're yeah. like ah man that looks good that looks good that looks like shit <laughs> like, you the know, closest it's- the closest thing i've i found to to replicating it and it's not even close really but it's it's as close as you're going to get now is being a member at a library that's the closest because oh, yeah. you could just go to the library look at their movies and check, check them out. And it's free. That's true. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So, so I've done that a few times, like where I'm like, you know, I could stream this right now, or I could just download this movie, but I, I'm like, you know, it, it probably, it's probably at the library. Let me just go to the library. And a lot yeah. of times it'll just be there and I'll find a few other things. We're just browsing. I'm like, Oh, I'm gonna watch all of these. And it kind of yeah, felt I, like I went to the video store. <laughs> yeah. Know? I mean, I used to live down the street. Well, down, down a long street from my library. It was like a mile away, but I used to go there, you know, almost every week. And uh, I would just pick up books. I'd be like, I mean, I don't know. Not like because I'd already, already have like a million books that I own and haven't read. Yeah, yeah. But you're just like at the library and you're like, oh, this looks good. I'll try this out. Or like, I've heard of this guy. I'll just pick this one up. Um, and then like you read it and people are like, oh, that's the worst one. And you're like, well, it did suck. So <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, but you didn't pay for it. So it's also yeah, like, yeah. you're like, yeah, you know, but and also like, I have a million books too. And I find myself like, I don't know, like I've gotten rid of so many books so many times. Like I've got, I've like, I feel like I've had four or five different collections over the years. And like <laughs> when I moved to Los Angeles, um, I, I got rid of everything, you know? Oh yeah. And then I sort of reaccumulated some there. Then I left there, left that shit. Then I got back to, back to the Midwest and like reaccumulated it or, it, you know, and it's just, and sometimes I'm just, I'm not taking all these with me. And like, and then I'll get rid of them. I'll, I'll sell them like whatever. Yeah. Um, but, but I always got to have books. Like I always, yeah. gotta have, I just have to have them. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, a, it's an addiction or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You don't tell me about that. <laughs> but I mean, it's nice because like, uh, you know, there are still half price books and like you know, yes. discount books where like mm. you can find most things you want. And it's like five bucks for a book as opposed to, I don't often buy books new anymore. Yeah. Um, and that's like, I mean, it's mostly because I don't re- usually like, like 2023 is happening right now. It's, I will probably read a handful of books that come out this year, this year, yeah. you know, I might eventually read like a hundred books that are published in 2023, but it's gonna be like over the next decade or the next like 30 years, you know? <laughs> well, I've gotten a few books. Like I got um, that, even though I heard it already, I heard the shards. I, I got it. I was just like, fucking, I'm just going to, I heard it when he released it, like as an audio only when he was reading the chapters. Uh, I got oh, interesting. Yeah. I got that book. And then I got that new Jordan Harbor book. And then I got like a few other like 2023 releases. Right. Like, oh, yeah. But also like, because I have that stupid Kindle unlimited thing, like oh, yeah. I'll get shit on there too. Like if it's on there and I'm like, hmm, I'll read this. Like you know yeah. what I mean? So I it's kind of like that's kind of how I use the library too. Is like yeah, yeah. Um, so like, uh, and what I tend to do is like, I'll get books from the library, and if I like it, I end up buying it. Yeah, 
Yeah. And like, so, so like I have, I have physical books that I, I've read the book, but I haven't read this version of the book that I have sitting here. And like, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'll never read it, but like, I just, uh, I don't know. There's like books that I really like. I like to own them. Yeah. Even I'm, if I'm, I'm not going to read like that physical version of it. I'm the same way. Like I've read, I've probably, there's a few books I know I've read like multiple times. Like, yeah. like I've, I've read like friends of Eddie Coyle. Like, I don't know how many times I've read that book. Like, I know I've read it uh, several times. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. um, there's be one of those books that I'll just grab and next thing I know I'm reading it again. Like, fuck it. You know, there's a couple of yeah. books like that, that I know, like that fall into that category for me where I'm like, kind of like movies, right. Where it's like, there's right. movies that I've, you know, watched a million times. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, I've seen countless times. Like, I don't know how many times I've watched heat, but I, I've, <laughs> you know what I mean? I've watched yeah. heat a million times. Oh no, yeah. It's like, like movies that you, you know, yeah, it's like you can close your eyes and you can play the movie for yourself, mm-hmm. but it's like, well, I'll just, I'm just going to watch it. I'm right, just thinking right. about it. You know, yeah. <laughs> I love movies like that though. It's like, uh, I think that's kind of the, the great thing too, of having the physical object of mm-hmm. things is like, so I, like with books, I, I read probably 90% on my Kindle because mm-hmm. I usually read when my wife goes to sleep and like, you can just read on your Kindle. Um, but I like to have the book because, you know, sometimes I'll just like be sitting down here and uh, I'll just like grab a book and just kind of like, just kind of like look at it. Like, I don't know. It's like, this is nice. Yeah. And I feel the same yeah. thing with movies. It's like, I have so many attachments to movies um, that like, uh, I don't know. It's nice to be like my office here is now I'm surrounded by books, which is nice. And it's like, it'd be nice to also be surrounded by movies the way I used to be <laughs> when yeah. I like had yeah. a big DVD collection. Yeah. Um, what I there's I got a friend his name's uh Richard uh he actually made a movie called Close Calls and it, um it's a really good movie but like he has rooms of movies <laughs> shout out to him where I'm like I look he's he's every now and then he'll like post some of his collection I'm like what the fuck I'm like I'm yeah. kind of jealous but I'm also like how <laughs> you know what I mean yeah. like, where I'm like I'm looking at he has everything like you know what I mean in terms of just like like his it. I have a lot of movies, but like they're they're digital. Like you yeah. know what I mean. Like I used to, I <laughs> yeah. used to have the I used to have the wall with like disc and shit. Now I know I have more books than I have movies. But but you have a terabyte, you know, multi terabyte things in there. With yeah, I've got ter- I've got it. terabytes of movies, but 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 yeah. I don't have the physical movies the way I used to. I still, like I said, I have some VHS movies. I have Blu-rays. I have this, but it's like I have way more books. Um, yeah, and, and a lot of the movies that I like are so weird that like. Yeah, vinegar. There are boutique DVD labels like Vinegar Syndrome, and and I do I mean, get some of those movies from time to time. But the movies I like, a lot of them, they don't even exist on on shit yet. So yeah, and that's I think one of the biggest problems, like with everything going digital. Um, I remember reading this article; it was probably like ten years ago already, and uh, it was talking about basically how just the changes in technology have made so many movies that exist unwatchable <clears throat> like indie movies. You know, if, if you're like a small filmmaker with like a budget, you know, in the tens of thousands, as opposed to the tens of millions, you know, you might have an all digital, like you filmed your movie on digital in a format in like 2001. And by 2007, that format doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Like you can't even watch it and no one ever made a DVD of it or anything like that. So it's just like, there's tons of movies like that that were made by these small independent artists that just like no you can't even watch um but then like even talking about like tartan asian extreme it's like i don't know if, did, is that still around no it went bankrupt 
Yeah, and it's yeah, like, yeah. how many movies did I? How many? Like, yeah, that's filmmakers that I discovered that way. There's a uh, there's a label uh, ran by this guy. They have it's called the Third Window Films, and they do a lot of uh, Asian cinema, but like specifically Japanese because the guy like lives in Japan now. I think he's like uh-huh. he's like European though, but like uh, he's ta- he used to work for Tartan, and like he said, oh, yeah. like yeah, he's like Tartan's went. He's like Tartan went bankrupt and they're no longer exist. But like there's some movies that they still have the rights to that technically like because they had the rights for so long, like it still belongs because they had like a 15 year like yeah. rights. They had the rights for like 15 years, but they went under that. Like you technically if they wanted to release certain movies that they still have the rights to, they could. But you can't. Yeah. And it's like, who do you talk to? You can't even talk to these people because they're not actually a company anymore. Yeah. You know I mean? and it's like. like- so I think like, that's the nice thing about Criterion Collections. They've they've filled in with a lot of, but it's like not every movie is ever going to be a Criterion Collection movie. You know, it's mm-hmm. like is Ichi the Killer ever going to have a Criterion Collection? I would Maybe. say I would say no, but I would say not. I wouldn't rule it out though. I wouldn't rule it out, but it's like <laughs> I, I would have no problem seeing a future where that never gets on Criterion Collection. Right. You know, some of uh, Mayaki's other movies probably will but like mm. you know it's like you some of those tartan extreme movies like they're they're just fucking wild yeah and like uh you love them for kind of like it's almost like the first time you watch them like i remember the first time i watched old boy i didn't like it um oh, I like, really? <laughs> yeah and what's funny is like i liked lady vengeance i liked sympathy for mr revenge mm. um but when i watched old boy i was just like i was like why is this the one that people like so much and then uh and like for years i'd go around being like no old boy sucks <laughs> and then um i don't know when way later i like finally watched it again i was like oh man it's yeah. pretty good the sympathy for mr vengeance is the one that like i liked the least when i first yeah. saw them like i liked oh boy i did like oh boy immediately when i saw it and i liked uh lady vengeance but the first i but i actually saw them like in reverse order or not reverse oh, yeah. order no, no, I saw. You sound like all out of order. Yeah, yeah, I saw Old Boy first, then I saw Lady Vengeance, which came after, and then I went back and watched the first one, which was of the trilogy, which is Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance. And yeah. I was like, I don't like this one as much as I like the other two, <laughs> and, that, and that probably makes sense. Like, I think there's like a, you know, he got he got better at different things mm-hmm. over time. Uh, Lady Lady Vengeance is probably my favorite. I really but, like Lady Vengeance. I still have the uh the the Tartan Asian Extreme DVD. Oh man. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I think and part of why I love that one so much is I feel like it 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 was more it had a strong color palette and like such a good score. Um but Old Boy is probably the best one. Yeah, I think I I've I've, I've said this before and I, and I say it I'll say it again like I do really believe that Old Boy is like the best Korean film ever made. And that's saying a lot. That's saying a lot because Korean <clears throat> cinema is like pretty, pretty. Yeah, and like, so, so that's like the, that's one of the big things I discovered working at Blockbuster was Korean mm-hmm. movies because, uh, mm-hmm. you know, when you're, when you, who who knows about Korean movies back in like 2005? Mm-hmm. You know, some people do, but like, if I, I bet still, if I ask like most people, who their favorite, you know, what's their favorite Korean movie, they'd be like, what? Like, why would I have a favorite Korean movie? <laughs> you know, but like Korean cinema, cinema is huge now. Um, yeah. But like, you know, back then it's it was really like the way that you found it was accidentally at Blockbuster or like Hollywood Video. You know, you're just like, what is this? Like Lady Vengeance. That sounds and it, it you know it had that like strong 
ass like cover you see you're just like i'm gonna check this out and it's like why are you checking it out because i've already seen like 500 movies in this store <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm in this aisle that like you know it's the foreign uh film aisle which is like only half an aisle it's only on one side you know it's like there's like 70 movies there and you're like i'll just i'm here now i'll just try one of these yeah i mean i remember like obviously like chan Wook park was like my gateway into korea and stuff. yeah and then for a while i really liked uh uh kim ji woon like yeah because i saw i saw the devil and then i was like i need to see everything this guy's made um and then i well, i went down that rabbit hole and and saw so many so many different and i still i still really do like kim ji woon um but he made that movie with arnold schwarzenegger the american one and i was just like what the yeah. fuck <laughs> i was I, like <laughs> i don't think i've seen any of their any of those guys american movies just because yeah. yeah i mean i did i i, I do <laughs> i said this to uh to low res when he was on the uh, this podcast but i said stoker is kind of like i know it's like i feel like it is chan wook's american film and it's probably his weakest movie maybe but i do feel like it's kind of like not as bad as people yeah pretend it is i feel like if if if, if it was made by anyone else besides him people would probably be like this movie's amazing oh yeah you know what i mean like yeah so so and even like kim ji woon like i remember like seeing like i saw the devil and then i after i saw the devil i saw tale of two sisters which i didn't even realize he directed it was such a different yeah. movie and then I, and then i saw a bittersweet life like i was just going down that rabbit hole and then i was like yeah. oh, then i heard he was gonna make an american movie and i was like oh shit uh and then like last stand came out and i was like oh no <laughs> like I could, it was competently directed but obviously but like it was just like that lost in translation thing where it's just yeah. like, mm, you know what I mean? It, I think it's hard to, mm. hard to direct in a language that isn't your native language mm. too. I'm sure. Uh, Bittersweet Life was my first Kim Ji Woon that I saw. And I remember I love that movie. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. And, uh, and then I saw, uh, Tale of Two Sisters and then I saw the good, the bad, and the weird in theaters. The in good, Ireland. the bad, the weird was great. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, you saw <laughs> it in wanna... theaters. I'm jealous. Yo. <laughs> yeah, I, brought, I brought a girl there, uh, the night before, <laughs> <laughs> she's like what are you doing tomorrow and i was like sunday this is when i lived in ireland when i was a student i was like i'm going to this movie and she's like what is it i was like you should just come and so <laughs> she came and she's just like what the fuck is this i was like this movie's awesome oh, so you were in ireland as an exchange student yeah i was just i was studying abroad there oh that's tight yeah. in college yeah. yeah so i lived there for a year or two and they had um you know I lived in Dublin, so it's like a big city. Right. And a lot of big cities have like, you know, those real boutique kind of theaters that, you know, you're not going to see Iron Man at this theater. Mm. You're going to see but like repertory type movies. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I, I used to go there like every week um, and just watch whatever. <laughs> you know? Yeah. When I lived in LA, I used to go to the New Beverly, but like, I hate, I've said this before, uh, like, I hate the crowd at New Beverly. And it's not mm. that like, it's not that I like, it's not like, it's just like hype beast. Sure. At this point, like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like now, like I, it, I, it wasn't always like that. Like historically, I guess it was like yeah. one of those movie theaters before it was like bought by Tarantino. Um, it was one of those movie theaters that like, I guess like real, like kind of like just movie, movie nerds in general would just go. Yeah. But now it's like, like, I just, I, some, I just, I'm like, I would sit there and I would just, I'd be like, I, I, I wish the guy from, uh, the dark night shooting came in here <laughs> just mowed <laughs> no. down everybody <laughs> it's funny because like uh you know i'm in minneapolis well, i used to live in, i don't live in minneapolis anymore as of like a year ago but 
I still think that I do. Oh. <laughs> but like, uh, you know, you, you'll find like weird pockets of things that you go to all the time. And then, um, you know, uh, you know, Andrew Zimmerman on that. What was that show? It was like a food network show. But like go to like divey restaurants and like, oh, you mean was it just, like bars, d- dives and whatever? What yeah, that's what it's called. Not, uh, yeah, not, yeah that, with uh, Guy Fury. That's the one. Guy, yeah, um, yeah. My mom used to watch it all the time, and she would go to like all the ones because uh, they came to the Twin Cities a lot. And so, like places that you'd think it was like, oh man, I love this place, and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden you're like, why is this place fucking packed all the time? <laughs> it's like, oh, there's an episode last week. Like, yeah, yeah the then that's what I'm saying. It's, it's it's one of those things where you yeah. get like all of these people. It's like the they'll post their little picture. And I'm like, you don't like movies, like <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like you know I mean? like, it's like, like you're you going do, there for the, you don't like you know what I mean? Like yeah, you're you're going there for the Instagram picture. You're not going right, there right, to like right. Yeah, so I've been lucky with theaters in that way, and that like uh, like even that one in Ireland. Um, Often I'd go there and there'd be like maybe 20 people at the theater. I don't know how it stayed open. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> but like, and maybe it's because I was going during the day too. But like, uh, yeah, I love I love those experiences. Um, I used to go to the theater in Minneapolis a lot too. That was like that where I'd go and there'd be it would the it, I'd only been there a few times when it was like packed and it was always like weird to me. I was like, why are people here? You know, I love a good movie theater. I love a good movie theater. Like even I went to one uh, that that's it was a uh, studio 47. I think it was it was uh, it was in Columbus because my girlfriend lives in Columbus and we were watching a movie. Uh, but it was it's an old movie theater, but they converted the inside in terms of like they updated it. But like yeah. when you walk into it, it's like a bar and oh. it's only got like a couple of theaters. But then you go in, and you're like, oh, but. But it's like I I was automatically like, yeah, I'm gonna go here every time I'm up here now, probably. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And like, yeah, I just love a good movie theater. Like, um, even even I'm trying to think, like, even here, because they do have big movie theaters, but they do have a a few like smaller movie theaters. Where are you at? I live in Cincinnati. So okay. so like uh there's a drive-in theater. There's a couple <sighs> of them. I go nice. to that when like in the summer and shit, I'll go to drive-ins and shit. Yeah. Like I love a good movie theater. Like I just I'm just never gonna shed that. I'm always gonna, like, if if it's a movie theater and they play like, even the 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 weirder or the older, probably I'm more attracted to. Like, okay, yeah. I want to see this, but I will go see a new movie. Like, I did see that new movie Infinity Pool, but 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 typically uh, it takes for a new movie to want me to get me to go to it. Uh-huh. It's got to be like, I don't. It's got to be something interesting, yeah. right? It's got to be, or it's got to be like a filmmaker that I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll check it out. Like, you know, somebody of our, I'm, I'm going to watch, like, like Chan Wu Park or whoever, you know what I mean, yeah. or something like that. Like, if, if if I can watch, even though I didn't see Decision to Leave in theaters at all, I would have if if it was playing near me, but I yeah. did. I watched it. I watched it at home on my computer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, and that's kind of like. So I have kids now too, so it's so much harder to go to movies. Um, but uh, we used to have where we used to live down the street. There was another movie theater that I was. It was kind of like your time when it's like a hundred years old. Mm-hmm. Um, only had one screen, and uh, in the summers they they do midnight movies like Fridays and Saturdays of like. So I I saw the midnight movie of Jaws and like yeah. you know just like weird old shit. And you're just like man, this is awesome. I haven't seen Jaws in like fifteen years. Seeing it at midnight on a big ass theater is fucking awesome. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, but it's funny because like I love movies. But I, I used to say like my whole life was like movies. Um, my wife does not like movies. So we've been together now for um, almost 11 years. 
Mm-hmm. And so, like, I don't see that many movies anymore. <laughs> it's kind of weird because, like, uh, my friends still think of me as, like, the movie guy. They'll be like, well, what, what's, what's good in, like, the last five years? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> seen, like, yeah, seen, like yeah. three movies. Um, well, well, you're not really, like, I will say this. Um, most of the things coming out <clears throat> mainstream are not good. Like, so, like, and I say this from, like, the viewpoint of like, I know like a lot of the people like who are like m- making these movies. Right. I've had a close enough, like look at how, you know, how they make the donuts. Right. So, so, and this for me, it's like, it's, I'm like, I can see the matrix code because I've been too close. So yeah. I see it now all the time. So it's like most of the shit, it is weird because like, like, there is a divide. Like, I don't know, you probably see this in sort of like the literary space yeah. too, but like when it comes to like the filmmaking or the Hollywood space specifically, like for me, they're like, I've drawn these sort of like in the invisible lines of division where it's like, okay, there's the fucking, the people that, that like, I don't like these people. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. they don't even probably know I don't like them, but I don't like them. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and which is the majority of a lot of people it's hard to support people that you're just like, man, I really yeah. don't like the motherfucker. <laughs> and then there's <laughs> fucking people who I'm like, no, you're cool. And I like, I support you. Right. Like, but also yeah. like, like I actually like movies, right. Yeah. I legitimately like them. And like, and again, it was like when I was talking about like you people you see in line outside the new Beverly, where it's like, I know you don't, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I know you don't. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like where I'm like, you say like, you like what everyone else likes. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and that, and that's, that goes for like people who make money doing it. Like, like I know people who are legitimate working screenwriters and I'm like, you don't like movies, dog. Like you, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like our filmmakers, no, directors and shit where I'm like, I'm like, you actually direct and you make money doing it. Like, but you're not a good director. Yeah. You work and you make a series <clears throat> of bad movies. But you are a working director and you're a working screenwriter. But I'm like, but like, but it's reflective in the shit that they make where it's just like a lot of it is like karaoke, like of like other filmmakers, too. So it's like John Carpenter karaoke. It's like, okay, like, uh, like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't really like this probably hits into like my my most controversial film opinion, which is that I don't really like Quentin Tarantino that much. Honestly, truthfully, I'm gonna be real with you. I've went through, I've went through different stages with Tarantino, right? Yeah. Where, where I, when I first, when you're young, you're like, oh, Tarantino's cool. Yeah. And then you kind of outgrow it. You're like, man, I don't even fucking like Tarantino like that. And now I'm kind of like in the middle. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm like at a healthy middle ground with him, where I can actually view him from a, from a, from a perspective that's like more like. You just like watch it as a movie again. You're not like yeah, yeah, yeah. You're yeah. not like a fan, and you're not a hater. You're just right. Like, I'm not like a super fan, but I'm also not like a hater. It's like yeah. I'm just like a very like where I'm looking at it from a nice neutral distance. Like where it's like okay, and I can see the validity in Tarantino, and I can see like the things about his style that people don't like the yeah. legitimate criticisms, and like I can see what people do like. And I will say like in terms of like him as a filmmaker, like. I will always, regardless if like he makes a movie that I don't like or like I'm not hitting, I still, he still kind of like garners respect just because of the way he. He's got style. Right. He's got style, one, but also like he's doing it his way. 
Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And like for that alone, like he's a legitimate he, right. independent artist, which is right. Right. He's so rare to now to carve his lane out and do it at a certain scale that most people can't like. So, yeah. you know, because of the way the shit's designed, like they make sure that those people are few. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like where it's like that they could just make their own shit and he could easily he could easily be like, well, I'm going to take this. He could easily do like James Gunn. Right. Yeah. And be like, <laughs> yeah. well, I'm just going to take the DC or whatever, the dumbass comic book movies. I'm going to take that job. Like, and I'm going to run it. He's been, fuck no, I don't want to make that bullshit. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, you know what I mean? Where, where someone like him, you know what I'm saying? Where he's a craven careerist, the guy wrote Scooby-Doo. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like he's a fucking craven <laughs> careerist. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, a lot, and I used to like gun for real. Like I still like Slither. I thought Slither was probably one of his best things he's done. Um, mm-hmm. But, but, but I look at him as like, the industry is made up of James guns. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? That's why they like him because yeah. they look at him like, Oh, I would do exactly like he would do, which is, I would, you know, take the, whatever I can get as long as I can. Yeah. Climb the know. fucking ladder. Yeah. And it's like, like, fuck you. And that's, the, and that's what I mean. Like there's Craven careerist. And then there's actually people who like, like just are, you know, truly want to just make shit. And like, yeah, that's what they, you know what I mean? That's, that's it's, the difference. That's the divide. It's funny part. how you went through that with Tarantino. Cause I that's like the exact same kind of thing that I've gone through with a poet called T.S. Eliot. I don't know if you know him. He's like, <laughs> yeah. But uh, hey, oh, I've never heard of him. Who's that guy? Well, I mean, T.S. some Eliot. people, some people maybe don't. But like, uh, I feel like in school, you even you hear of him, even if oh, you yeah, don't read him. Yeah, you know <laughs> yeah, but like, I, first I loved him. Then I was like, man, this guy fucking sucks so bad. And now I'm kind of at the point where it's like, he's all right, you know? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's funny too, like uh, what you're talking about with like careerist. Um, I was thinking of, uh, you know, Mike White, White Lotus. Yeah, yeah. So I was. Um, You'll need to watch White Lotus. <laughs> White Lotus. Oh, you haven't seen it yet. It's, still, it's in my. It's in my queue. It's in my queue. I've been like one of the shows. I'm gonna. I'm bad about TV though. I'm really yeah. bad. Like, it takes me eight years to watch shows. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Yeah. It's it's good though, and like it's good for kind of I think a reason that you'd like. So uh, if you if you look at his like IMDb, it's goofy because like. Uh, He's just he's just like a writer for hire basically, yeah. and sometimes a sometimes a director for hire. So he's done like, I mean, we probably all saw him in School of Rock like twenty years ago, <laughs> Mister Schneebly. Um, he <laughs> yeah, was, direct, yeah. but he directed that movie too, and he directed like Orange County, and he he's like directed the one with like, Tom Hanks, son. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Not he's written, like Yeah, <laughs> he's written like random ass movies. Like I think he wrote like one of the like, Garfields or something like that. Like he's just like yeah. you look at his IMDb and you're just like this, this career doesn't even make sense. Mm. And then uh, he made the White Lotus, and it's funny because he was he was making something else, and the pandemic hit, mm-hmm. and so he just kind of like went and wrote a TV show. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I don't know if anyone's ever gonna make this, but like, yeah. this is the thing, and like, uh, I think it's like he's been in the in the industry long enough and has like proven enough of a track record that they're like, yeah. okay, you, you can you can take a shot. He's like, I want to direct it too, and they're like who cares <laughs> like, and it's just like it's so it's so nothing like anything he's done before and it's such like a it's such a specific thing yeah uh yeah. so you you can tell especially when i was like looking at his wikipedia I was just like this is this is nothing like anything he's done before like this this is like actually what he wants like imagine if 20 years ago people gave him the chance to make the things he wanted to make yeah, yeah. like he could have a career he could have a career of white lotuses right yeah. And, right. and that and what you're saying right now, that, that that is the thing that like that is the struggle for yeah. people in like the, it, it, pursuing any sort of like Hollywood kind of like 
if you want to call them career paths, <laughs> you know what <laughs> I mean? Like it's because the, the the truth of the matter is like you have to have like you either you, you either exist on the margins and carve carve out an existence, right? Where you're doing things, you know what I mean? Like yeah. for for hire for money or you're a careerist and you're look one thing to the next to the next to you can yeah. get so you know what I mean? Or or it's interesting, like because some people, like Mike White, for example, are are just sort of like waiting to do the thing that they want to do, right? Yeah. And he's he's in a position where, like, oh, he actually got in the position to do the thing he wanted to, and he actually did it. Yeah. And a lot of people, I feel like, don't actually end up doing that. Like they get subsumed subsumed by the shit. And they just become like industry hacks. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, for sure. Because they're like, well, I'm just, it's the money. Like, and I feel like Hollywood is like one of those things where it's like, you should come in. Like if you can come in directing or if you could come in, like doing a thing, do that first, because it's going to be yeah. a lot easier because they don't want to, like, it's easier to, to start up here doing everything <laughs> Yeah. because then they will put you in that bracket. But the moment that you don't, they're like, nah, you're just a fucking you know, you just write goofy shit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. or you just write. Yeah. You write comedies, or you write whatever, and they'll pigeonhole you and try to put you in that box, and then you have to like, you know. And we've seen it. Like, I mean, Jordan Peele, right? Like, look where he was yeah. before Get Out. Now they look at him as like, you know, the next fucking, I don't know, fucking Kubrick, Kubrick Spielberg, whatever. You yeah. know what I mean? They look at him like he's that, like he's his own thing, right? But, but that's beside the point. Like he before that, he was a comedy guy, right? Yeah. And it is, it's just like, like the, if you don't, you have to literally like take less most times. Yeah. Like for sure. To it's like get shit, you know? And it's kind of like, you gotta, you gotta prove yourself. And oftentimes, especially now, I think the, the industry is so much worse now, you know, people oh, yeah. have come out and talked about that, how it's like, you have tentpole movies and you have art house movies mm. and the art house movies are made in the hopes that they win an award and then make money. You know, because right. it's like if if it, if something wins an Oscar, sometimes it'll get like a second release. Mm-hmm. And so the people, you know, the 5000 people who saw it initially now it might be seen by five million people. Yeah. Um, But like uh, I was just thinking of like, uh, you know, Tarsum Singh. Yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah. liked I, I liked Cell. I liked Cell. Awesome. And Dude, I, I, the- I didn't really like his one movie uh, with the, the fall. The fall. I didn't really like the fall that much, even though visually I like the fall. And you can yeah. tell like he, Tarsum has like that video background, you know. Oh, what yeah. I'm but 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 yeah, I like the cell. I thought I his, thought cell was, cell was dope. His career is just like depressing, I think, you know, because it's like uh the cell did well enough mm-hmm. for him to like have a career, mm-hmm. but like it didn't do great. And then like he was able to scrabble enough money together from like other people, extra producers, like I think uh I think Scorsese like threw some money at the fall so that it could be yeah. made. And like that came out and it's like, nobody saw it. Mm-hmm. And then, so I think his movie after that was like, um, oh, what the fuck was it? It was like a Cinderella remake. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, he doesn't like, you know, he didn't <laughs> want to make that, but it was, de- it was definitely one of those deals where like, if you do this and it yeah. makes X amount of dollars, you can do whatever you want. Right. And didn't work out. He got another for a higher thing. It was like, some like Olympian movie, like, like God's like, whatever. He's fighting like monsters and shit. Wait a minute. And did, did he fight? Did he do the one? The fucking did Tarsum do the that? I know the guys who wrote that movie, the fucking Greek gods movie. What the hell is that shit called? Uh, 
That Percy movie. Jackson? No, it wasn't that. No, one. no, not Percy Jackson. No, 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 no. But it, yeah, it was one of those Greek gods. You know, there was like a there was a there was a few years where it was yeah, like yeah. Tons of those. he did one of them, and it underperformed too. And like I don't know what he's been doing for like the last ten years. But no, it's truthfully, like, truthfully, he's probably been making a living doing commercial type work. Yeah, you know what I mean. <clears throat> like he's one of those directors where like a lot of those guys cut their teeth on that type of shit, and they have like a, a long careers doing shit like that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Meanwhile, their movies like Mark Romanek is one of those types of directors where, yeah. it's like, you know, he'll do a couple movies. He'll do like one hour photo and, you know, and, and disappear. And then he'll come. He'll do that. What was that movie? What was the adaptation of that book uh, with the fucking where the kids die? I can't remember the like, what the, what the fuck is the name of that book? Oh, that movie that he did. Um, you know what I'm talking about? It has, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> it has, it has, a, it has a Andrew Garfield in it. <laughs> I'm blanking uh, on the fucking something. Was, it was it's. I gotta look this up now. Me too. What, what is this movie that he did? Uh, well, I know he did one hour photo. Never let me go. Never let me go. That's right. It's that movie's ad- great. Adaptation of a book, right? Was yeah. It a Japanese book, I believe. Well, the author's Japanese, author's or he Japanese. he has a Japanese name. He's British, though. He's British. Oh, okay. His parents are from Japan, but yeah, Kazuo Ishiguro. Right. So, um, yeah. So, so yeah, and, he, and then he'll do like a Janet Jackson video. Yeah. And then like he just does whatever he wants. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he just sort of like, you know, but he's got an interesting kind of career. Uh, you know, if you look at it, you're like, oh, what is this guy doing? Like, and I feel like he's one of those directors who could easily mount a production and do a movie. But I For don't sure. necessarily know if it's. <clears throat> it feels like with him specifically, it might be a little bit different because I feel like it's more of a choice for him yeah because he, he i feel like he's been pretty successful right he's um, successful and he seems to be like relatively in demand you know what i mean like all oh shit time. he's only done three movies yeah he's not done a lot of movies you know not a lot of that's movies. crazy why do i well that's wild but yeah i feel like he's i feel like he's been pretty successful so it's kind of funny that he's done so he just movies. doesn't like it it's about the project <laughs> for him i guess like it, it must make sense for him to want to do a movie because, i mean <clears throat> and that's kind of like you know to go to like literature, you know, there are some people who their their thing is short stories. Like they they write a, a novel because that's where money is. Like that's what's actually going to sell. Right. But like all they want to write is a short story. Sure. Writing a novel for them is like it's not really mm-hmm. in their wheelhouse. They do it because they have to, right. you know, like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. so that people find out who they are. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I think yeah, film is so much harder. I think too than uh like books because you have to convince so many people to like yeah well i will say this i will say this you're right on that level right you're definitely right on that level when it comes to screenwriting like it's about everything but the writing yeah how much does this cost who you know right and 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 it's not about it's not about quality of writing it's not about quality of work uh because the people that you're uh presenting these scripts to don't can't accurately judge what's good anyways like they don't like that's the thing that's what I hate about like the industry specifically is like the sort of like the like the the way that people talk about like people who have legitimate like clout in the yeah. industry who can like get projects going or get projects made even like if people will lie like openly like in the hopes that they're like paying this person a compliment in order for them to like hopefully work with them they'll be like they're so great over at warner brothers the, yeah. the 
ex-executive is so smart. It's like ex-executive is a moron. Like ex-executive <laughs> is a dumb motherfucker. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and, and yeah. like, or like even actors, they'll lie because a lot of screenwriters, they like they just they're like they have stars in their eyes and they're like, oh, my sure. God, it's a celebrity. Oh, you know what I mean? So they're like, you're so great. It's like, no, they're not. Like my experience with actors are like they are kind of dumb. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like almost uniformly, like not all, <laughs> not all. I'm not going to say that like almost, yeah. but, like, but like a majority because you got to really think about what the the craft of acting is it's like it's almost like a pageantry kind of like you know what i mean it's almost like like you're putting yourself on the runway you know what i mean yeah. like, but you well, I mean, there's, it's kind of like anything like there's different ways to acting mm. you know yeah but like usually usually the actors who are like actor actors it's don't theater. really hit it they yeah. don't really hit it to like the late 30s yeah, but those you people know. that are like in the theater, they do it really do it for the love of the craft. Yeah. You know what I'm saying, and then you got the people. Yeah. Who, I just want to be in movies and TV and shit. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, and like those guys, they really don't do it for that. And those yeah. are like, and you interact with somebody, and I have interacted with these people. So like, and I'm like, like you, I, it's like they're you're like it's like being a, a like a math genius, right? And then like <laughs> you're talking to like someone with like who's mentally disabled like you know like what I mean? babies yeah yeah like babies <laughs> and you're like two plus seven like it's is is a b a b 11 like what the fuck no you know what i mean like but you have to like placate them and be like well you can't just be like you're a fucking idiot <laughs> because then you'll be like you'll be labeled as a problematic you know what i mean or someone who's difficult to work with yeah i mean that <laughs> that dumbass actor might be the whole reason that the project is, screenplay gets picked up. Right, you know? right. Because that's all they care about. Because all they're looking about is that they're, they're thinking about like, well, this actor. How many tickets? Yeah. How, how many tickets can they sell? How many things? Yeah. Can, you know what I mean? It's not about like, you know, it's, it's nothing like that's what I mean. And that's it's reflective in all the movies that they make in Hollywood. Yeah. Where it's like, you're like, I don't like. It's not good. Like, I just look, I just watch this shit, Eddie. And I'm like, this shit is not good. Like, it's just not <laughs> good. And then like. Then I have all these my quote unquote peers who I who who will be I hear if we're, we're right now it's Oscar season right, um they're talking about these movies, and I know like a lot of these movies are like horrendous messes like you know what I mean like from what I can tell I I won't watch Babylon like I won't like but what oh, I yeah. what I've seen of Babylon it looks like a horrendous mess like you know <laughs> what I mean like sometimes I'm, those can be fun but yeah but but it's different too it's like. It, the, but I know the, people who lie about it and be like, Babylon yeah. is amazing. And Damien Chis Chiselle is a tour de force. You know what I mean? Put, like, yeah. It's like, come on, bro. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Dude, that's all writing. Like, <laughs> yeah. You, there's right. only, there's only so many times that a book can have the best prose of the generation. I, how but... many, yeah. Right. Right. How many times <laughs> is the greatest voice of, a, of all Latin X people are the, yeah. the, the most, southern gothic black person <laughs> yeah and like yeah, it's yeah. funny because like uh this is like my problem too with um i mean it's just, it's a problem with anything but like for a while i dipped out of the li like literary hmm. novels i was just reading science fiction and fantasy for a long time because i was just like fucking hate these people um, <laughs> it's right. like you, you you know you know too many of them yeah and then uh and reading like science fiction and fantasy kind of like re-sparked the joy of just like reading books. I was like, man, I feel like I'm 10 again. This is awesome. Right. right. Um, <laughs> and then like, but I would still every once in a while, like pick up an award winning book, you know, it'd be like, you know, one, whatever the fuck, 
some award in like 2019. I'll be like, all right, I'll check it out. And I'll be like, man, this book is bad. <laughs> yeah. Like this is so bad. And it's like you yep. you look yep. you look at like all the ways that people describe it as good, mm. and you're like, this is not. There's nothing fresh about this. This is a you know like a black lady rewriting Henry Miller, which mm. is like, I mean that that can be interesting, but it's like it's not it's not something new. It's just re- rewriting right. a book from a century ago, <laughs> right? <laughs> Except they're they're on Xanax instead of uh, instead of <laughs> instead of an alcoholic, and I don't know. It's yeah, just... you're you're right though. And, and and when you say when you express that, like people are like, oh, they look at you like you're you've just farted. Like you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You're like, what? it's, it's kind of <laughs> nice for me right now because like uh, I just don't give a shit. Yeah, that's the best place to be. <laughs> like that's the best like mindset to operate from is because it's like no, it's like it's not that I'm saying like a lot of that's the, the opinions and takes that I have, right. That probably have people that probably got me shadow banned or, or like, or like that probably have people muted me or whatever, like is because I'm saying things that like they have already said, you can't say like, you know what I mean? Yeah. About, and it's just about like, it's about like a movie or like yeah. a book or like, you know what I'm stuff that like, but you, the, it's like you touch the third rail or something and you can't yeah it's it's kind of it's both about something that like doesn't matter at all but like does matter a lot right and uh it's it can be infuriating because it's like it's dumb to care so much about movies and books right you know but at the same time (laughs) fucking care (laughs) right right (laughs) but but that's the thing is 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 that but it is dumb to care but even if even expressing that they get mad you know what i'm saying even if you express they're like how could you say that movies are my life (laughs) right right and it's like movies and books are my life but at the same time um it's like always when i tell people that like it's dumb to be a writer it's just straight it's straight up stupid like no one cares no one's ever gonna like be waiting for your book unless you're stephen king or something like that like no one cares even when it comes out most people probably aren't gonna read it right like most people and like not just most people in general most people you know probably aren't gonna read read it it. right hell no they're not gonna read it like you know what i'm saying like like i understand that but like you know i feel like i feel like and I've said this before, uh, but a lot of people, they they want to be per- they like yeah. the idea of being perceived <clears throat> as a writer or being perceived as a filmmaker or whatever. Right. They like that more than they actually like making shit. Yeah. yeah you know what the, I'm saying? Like the, that's the, what the, that's what they're here for. You know the what I mean? Pose is better than right. doing hey, the work they're here for the red carpets and all that shit like yeah. uh, i've had people ask me this i've had my mom ask me this and and they'll be like well what if what if something you wrote got made and then it got nominated would you go to the oscars i told her no i don't want to be around these people <laughs> i don't like these motherfuckers like you know what i mean like i really don't like like i yeah. know that that's i know that that people will be like yeah right no, no like i look at red carpet events and i see all those people and i'm like I don't like these people. Yeah. Like I've I've met some of these people. Like I don't like them. Like yeah. I don't want to rub elbows with these motherfuckers. Now, if I worked with someone, right, and they actually turned out to be cool, that's great. I'd be like, oh yeah, yeah you're cool. But like I still wouldn't want to go to this fucking event <laughs> with all these other motherfuckers who I don't probably don't like. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's the thing is like that's the that's where your career because so much of any career no matter how much we want to pretend everything's a meritocracy yeah. the only thing that's a meritocracy is sports and yeah you're right that's the closest <laughs> like, sports is the closest and even that yeah. isn't a hundred percent a meritocracy because no. 
but it's the closest thing we have. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like because it's all about like the results on the on the field. Yeah, court, it's like whatever. you know, you, you might hate Nolan Ryan mm-hmm. in the 1980s, but like if you're his coach, you're not benching him. Like mm-hmm. he, he could have he could have fucked your wife, and you you, right. you like have real reasons to hate him. But he's like, man, he's fucking Nolan Ryan. <laughs> yeah, and that's my biggest pet peeve about like screenwriters specifically. Screenwriters yeah. always like to compare themselves to to professional athletes and i'm like you <laughs> are a sedentary motherfucker who sits at starbucks uh, you have a double chin and like a landslide so girth and like fucking you're gross and you're not like lebron james like no. and they want to be like oh well look if you look at the numbers of the working writers i'm like dude i can tell you've never like ever sat down and like participated in sports or really paid attention how competitive like sports are like yeah. Literally, kids across the country, across the world, are com- are like wanting to be athletes at a level that most motherfuckers don't want to m- make movies or write books. Like they don't. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, the pool is far smaller. Yeah. It's also <laughs> just like it's it's crazy because like at this point, where we're at in professional sports now is like mm. you basically have to be a genetic freak of nature to mm. start out. Mm. <laughs> you know, it's like it's like you're gonna when you were born, you're gonna be over six five mm-hmm. you're gonna be 250 but like not a fat 250 you're gonna be like a jack <laughs> 250 it's like because i remember i was uh you remember adrian peterson yes yeah uh when he i'm from minnesota so like but like when he was when he was playing for the vikings uh i was like oh he's only he's my height i wonder how much he weighs he weighed 100 pounds more than me <laughs> and like i was just like all muscle Fuck. yeah dude like <laughs> I was like, I was like 150 and like, I could like barely carry myself, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. Shout out to Adrian Peterson who got knocked out in that boxing match against uh, the other, other retired NFL guy. I can't remember his oh, name. <laughs> it was That's pretty bad. <laughs> I didn't even know that. Yeah. yeah, feel yeah. Some, you feel sometimes bad for these <laughs> athletes. Cause like once they get done with sports, they're like, what, what am I? Like, what do I do? You well, know yeah, what I mean? Like, like, yeah, their money like, comes and goes out their yeah. hands real fast. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's definitely, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a good comparison. It's not a good, like, no. at all. Like, comparing, like, athletes to art, it's like, it's not a, no. Like, just stop. No. Yeah. Like, and it's like, especially because, like, there's no meritocracy in art. None whatsoever. Like the <laughs> absolutely none. And like uh, Chuck Palahniuk used to talk about this. <clears throat> Craig Mazin like, again. I've said this before. Sorry to cut you off, Eddie. Go ahead. Craig Mazin, who is what? Like he's not a good writer. Like, but Craig Mazin <laughs> has a great career. Craig Mazin uh, is the show run. He she ran a show. Uh, what's the show? Chernobyl. Now he's got Last of Us. Um, uh, he's the showrunner of of that. Before that, he had a career writing movies with like the Hangover sequels and shit. Like he's an he's a scary movie three. I looked him up. Yeah, yeah. He's a (laughs) I've read Craig Mason's scripts. He's he's not a good writer, but if you listen to Craig Mason talk, he's informed because he has a whole. He's literally had a whole decades long career in Hollywood, so he knows he's coming up on forty years. Yeah, so no, that's not right. You can listen to him and you understand, like, oh, this guy knows he's talking about because like he's been in the industry for so long. But but when you. But you also realize fairly quickly when you do any sort of investigation, you start to read his shit and look into him. Like, oh, but he sucks. But yeah. it's like, but it's not even one of those things where it's like, oh, he sucks. He's not even the worst of sucking. Like he's just at times he's just mediocre, right? Yeah. Which is mediocre. It doesn't mean suck. It just means like passable, right? But like then you have a guy like 
that new movie uh what's the new netflix movie with jonah hill um and eddie murphy uh it just came out oh i know you something for you yeah yeah yeah. well that's written by kenya barris now kenya barris i met him outside of netflix in los angeles shook his hand seemed like a nice guy horrible writer (laughs) created the show blackish uh created the Uh. show uh got got a hundred million dollar netflix deal balling out of control in terms of they they throw money at him can't write a shit but he's not alone like so his movie his new movie is terrible people are like it's awful like yeah it's kenya barris he's not good um, but also it's like the same thing with uh, Ryan Murphy. Ryan Murphy gets paid to write, you know, all these bad shows, American Horror Story, yeah, uh, uh, the Dahmer shit, like uh, even though he co-wrote, co-wrote that with some other guy. But like everything that Ryan Murphy does is like it's bad. Like you're like people eat it up because people like junk food. Right. Like I yeah. like I said, I eat McDonald's. I know McDonald's is bad. Like, you know what I mean? But I'm not going to say and pretend like this is high quality shit. But like you could get paid handsomely to make bad shit. So this idea that like it's a meritocracy, you know what I'm saying? Like people won't even people won't even say that. People who are let who have lesser uh uh lesser success than me, and I'm not very successful, but I'm just saying people who are under me won't even say that. They will yeah. because they're like, you can't say that. You can't say <laughs> well, someone's like, bad. They you might have to work with them. I'm like, no, the difference between me and you is like I don't ever want to work with these people, so I don't give a fuck. Yeah. I can make something and they can say say it's bad. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, that's so- kind of where I'm at, like with submitting. I started writing short stories again last year and started submitting them mostly just because it's a way to market <laughs> yourself right, and kind of right, like right. get your name back out there. And uh, you know, it's like pe- I don't care about rejections because people can't hurt my feelings because I don't care about their opinion. Right. And, exactly. Uh, anyone who anyone who owns a literary magazine ignore that <laughs> i <laughs> do want know, to be in your magazine and i want you to pay me right but, but like here's the thing, though. i don't give a shit if i get a rejection yeah like, right here's the thing though, I care? Like, like it's one of those things where, where what you just said is important like like and i feel like a lot most people most writers we know aren't actually operating from that because they do care like you- i think it, it makes sense to care like um i remember like 10 years ago when i used to submit st- short stories and it's literally been like that long in between since i was like submitting sh- anything um and back then like a rejection it wouldn't hurt my feelings but it'd just be like oh man that's such a bummer like right. it sucks like you you know you send this out and you get rejections and you're just kind of like whatever mm. like this sucks but now i get them and i, I, I don't even read them I'm like okay yeah because yeah. like if, if it doesn't say like accepted in like the uh the email headline, I'm like I don't give a shit. Yeah. But the funny thing that has changed about them is like ten years ago, a rejection letter would just be like, nah. You know? And now they're like, We appreciate you for submitting to us and we know like, you know, we want to be good <laughs> stewards of your work and we know this is, has a good place somewhere, but it's not here. It's like just go back to saying no. Like <laughs> no, just, uh, no, okay, cool. Moving on. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> God, yeah. I don't care right um but it is funny how much people want to believe in the meritocracy and it's usually because they benefit from it right like uh you know i was thinking i was talking to j david osborne recently about like the game of thrones dudes um oh yeah db and weiss yeah yeah (laughs) Um, and it's like so so why did they get the chance to make game of thrones it's like who are these random dudes? And you find out, you know, one of them, he wrote a book that was like kind of successful. The 25th hour, it got made into a movie with Sean Penn. It was kind of yeah. successful. And it didn't really do much after that. And uh, you find out it's like, oh, 
his dad. They got rich daddies. Yeah, yeah. His <laughs> dad's a fucking hedge fund guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking ex Lehman Lehman Brothers. Yeah. Fucking and dude. like, yeah. it's kind of like it's like why did Drew Barrymore have such a good career? Family. Yeah. yeah it's like know. she's not a good actress. She's not. She's yeah. not I mean, some people think she's cute. She's not that cute. <laughs> you know, like, so it's like, what gave her? She's not funny. Uh, so like her comedian, her comedic timing was like just sucked ass but it's like she had a huge career because i will she, give her this credit she did fight she did help donnie darko get made so, oh did she yeah so that's that she does have some that's cool so she's done some cool shit but you're right you're right well that's the thing too is like you know when you when you when you when your life is it because like she's been in hollywood since she was like five you know yeah. born into um yeah. like you you can spot stuff like i i have no problem believing that a lot of these people who suck at writing, acting, mm. directing, have good eyes for talent. Mm. Cause like when you're that much in it, when you, when you live that life, you can be like, that's a star. Mm. It's like, how do you know? It's like, dude, I've seen, I've seen a million people who aren't stars and I've seen 40 people who are stars. That's one of them. You know, <laughs> it's like, yeah. I think one of the funniest examples that I saw of this is like, uh, you know, when people are like describe the it factor, it's like, how do you like, how do you quantify that? And they just went, there are three Hemsworth brothers. <laughs> it was the third one. No one knows. It's yeah. Well, it's like, there's, there's basically people know one because he's yeah. Thor and it's like, they know the other so, one because he dated Miley Cyrus. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> but it's like, you know, it's like, he's like also kind of famous, but it's like, he's not Thor. And the reason he's not Thor is because he doesn't have it, but well, also, does. you're right, but but there's also sort of um, there's a few things to that too, though. Like, while while on one level you're right, but on another level there's also this I, people being identi- to identify sort of the machine, right? And what I mean by yeah. that is like they can sort of see past examples of the machine pushing or marketing someone. That's a certain into type. The archetype, yeah. Right. And they're like, that person f- can be plugged in just like this person can be plugged in. But every now and then there's someone who comes along who can't, but by sheer like determination and will and like blatant psycho psychopath behavior pushes. Well, yeah. Like I look at that Kanye, for example. Kanye is a perfect example of this. On all levels, Kanye should not be what he is. Yeah. At, at all. Like he doesn't have the charisma. He's not a good, he's not a very good in, in terms of like his rapping ability. Like, like when you listen to him, like you're like, he's not a rapper, but like, <laughs> you know what I'm well, saying? It's like, like, I mean, you, you wouldn't compare him to like immortal technique in any way that's complimentary to Kanye, you know, for right, example. Right. But, but, but Kanye <laughs> is like, no, fuck you. <laughs> I'm going to will my career into existence and to the point where it's like, so you're right. Like, there is a thing called an it factor and a lot of, you know, and it's like, you can tell, but every now and then there's somebody who's like, I don't give a fuck. Like the it factor is that I don't give a fuck. You know what I mean? And And I would say, even though, like, like I said, I'm not a big fan of Tarantino. I think Tarantino kind of falls into that same kind of like Kanye place where it's like, uh, you know, whether people like it or not, Kanye has, he invented pop music for the last 20 years. Hmm. Like he just did like pop music. owes so much to Kanye right now. Right. And rap. But like, and Tarantino, so much, uh, you wouldn't have things like the Boondock Saints without yeah. Tarantino. You wouldn't have In Bruges, which means you wouldn't have, uh, you know, uh, what's his new movie? Martin That's McDonough. Up. You're talking about uh, the yeah, yeah. of insurance. Isher- yeah, yeah. Um, but it's like, so there's there's so many people that you wouldn't have without Tarantino. And right. I think so. I think 
like I think Martin McDonough is better than Tarantino for different reasons. But like I do, that's a that's a controversial <laughs> take. But I do think he's better when it comes to like comedic dialogue because I read for his sure. plays. Like I read his plays. Like a lot of people, I know a lot of people who think Martin McDonough sucks because of Three Billboards. They're like he's fucking terrible. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, that's no. the one movie of his I haven't seen. Yeah, but I'm like, it's it's it. It's like seven psychopaths in the, in the fact of like, I feel like McDonough doesn't understand how to do Americans specifically like yeah. Midwestern Americans, like three billboards over Ebbing, Missouri. I'm like, you've never. But then I, <laughs> I know I've heard people who are Irish who say that they hate McDonough. Uh, it's not real Irish. They're like they hate McDonough and his brother. Like yeah. there's this this guy, Sean McTurnan. He's like a podcaster guy and he's from Ireland and he's he's like. Fuck them! They're shite. Like they're fake. Fucking Irish. Like they're, they're yeah. like like they're not from fucking like they they grew up in the UK. Like, fuck them. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like you know what I mean? But I I'm like I I disagree. I really I I do like McDonough. I I, I do like his play specifically. I like the Pillow Man. I like Hangman. I like his new shit. His last like I like the weird sort of dark elements. And I like in Bruges. I yeah. think Bruges is great. So I'm a McDonough fan. So I'm kind of like leaning towards you in terms of like there's a preference when it comes to like I like sort of listening to the mcdonough dialogue yeah more than great. i like you know what i'm saying says necessarily some of the tarantino but then again i do like it just depends like i do but think it, jackie brown is a perfect movie yeah you know what i'm saying but it, and, so, it's, and it's like and kind of like my point is like you know i love martin mcdonough but he doesn't have a career without tarantino like he yeah. just doesn't right. i mean may, maybe he would but like it, it wouldn't be the career that he has right you know he'd be scrapping so much harder just to like get in the door but like tarantino open the floodgates for tons of people um, to make these like weird kind of like super dark fucked up movies that do well. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that aren't like this niche thing in the corner. It's like, it's like, no, this is like, this is huge. Yeah. I will say (laughs) this. I will say this when it comes to just like non comedic dialogue, cause Tarantino likes to to delve in the comedic, but like there are certain, like even true, like true romance, right. For example, like, like the Sicilian scene, Mm -hmm. like, when it comes to like just straight up dead serious shifts and dialogue, like I feel like he is on a level that's just like he's tapped into something. You know what I mean? Like where it's like you listen. I think he's to, a great writer. Yeah, I think he's a, yeah, he's a great writer. Like you know what I mean? Like he's a great and like I feel like where Tarantino falters a little bit is when he's like he's like I am a great writer and I can do everything. And it's like well. <laughs> not really no one can really do everything but you like you can do some things better than others and like his where his strengths lie are like really strong where it's like okay like when you see a when you see like the sicilian scene or like the the opening of inglorious bastards you're like that's like him like operating on a high level of what he does really well you know what i mean like and and that's always what i've appreciated about him like even when i'm like there's some shit where i'm like "Eh, i don't really like that like i really don't like the hateful eight that much you know, there's certain things I don't like about him. Yeah, I, I think mean, for me too, specifically, but some of his movies. I guess like, when I say I don't like Tarantino too, it's like I should split it because like he's always a good writer. Right, he's a good writer. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think he's a very good director. Mm. And so, like that—that's my real controversial opinion. Is that like I don't really like him as a director. Right. He, but like at the same time, it's like for better or worse, that style that he didn't necessarily invent, but like really like built of just like because it's not pastiche it's it it, it's kind of actually funny it's it's sort of like kanye west um because you think of kanye west it's like uh a song like power takes 
sounds from like 40 different songs right yeah to yeah, make it yeah. to make like a three minute song pastiche it's, artist yeah yeah but it's like it, i mean it's kind of almost not pastiche because like it it's close but it's like because he's because he's ripping and cutting so much and putting it together it really is just a new thing it's a new thing right yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and tarantino's like that a, same kind of way it's like yeah it's like a know, cook right when you like yeah. a really good cook who can take <laughs> all these ingredients and just be yeah. like when you cook it, it doesn't taste the same. But when I give me all these ingredients, I'm about to show you like, you know, what yeah. I mean? like it's kind of yeah. that same thing where when guys like Tarantino, guys like Kanye definitely fall into that sort of category of, of artist. And like, truthfully, while I don't think he's a bad director, because uh, I, I know bad directors. And what I mean by that is well, like Kevin Smith, for example. Right. Yeah. Like, I feel like that way about Kevin Smith, where I feel like he's a far better writer than he is a director. <laughs> and it shows <laughs> like yeah. you know what i'm saying so i guess that's also it, but also it, like he's not that great of a writer but 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 he is a better writer than he is a director yeah. you know what i'm saying like, i guess like there's i i should put on like the relative scale like tarantino's a good director <laughs> i know what you, I, mean. you know <laughs> but but like uh for his reputation i think he's a lot worse than his reputation deserves because he has a lot of director of, right he has a lot of stands put it that way yeah In the stands, but like yeah, yeah, but yeah, but he's he's. <laughs> there are a lot of filmmakers that wish that they could be he, half as half talented as, good as Tarantino. Tarantino. You're, you're right. You're right about that. Like, um, like his like, bad is like some people's best. So so yeah. like you know what I mean. Yeah, so exactly. So it it is it is definitely one of those kind of scale things. Now, with that being said, um, we did watch a movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should I do want I do want to talk about it with you. Uh, so. I had you watch uh, this movie called Signal 100. I will read for for the listeners. I will read the letterbox synopsis as I always do. And we can talk a little bit about this movie because I do think it is a movie that is worthy of being talked about. Yeah. So Signal 100, it's a 2019 movie uh, directed by uh, Japanese filmmaker Lisa uh, Takaba. I'm not. I'm pretty sure I messed her last name up, so forgive me because I'm bad at Japanese names. All you Japanese listeners can <laughs> all my Japanese comment. listeners can forgive me. I don't know if I have any. Uh, They're group, out there. I, I hope a group of high school students are forced into a game where they are hypnotized to commit suicide on an unknown command, where no one is safe from a sudden death. How can they avoid their fates? Okay, very, very know. general. Very general, very general synopsis of the story. Now, accurate. Yeah, yeah, it's accurate though. Uh, so yeah, basically, I just for those who don't know about this movie, um, it's 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 a fairly recent release in terms of like I said, it's made twenty nineteen. Uh, I think it's streaming now. Um, I think Screenbox. If you subscribe to Screenbox, you can watch it. Uh, there are copies out there if you look um, for sure. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but it is it is a movie that I like to describe as like kind of like Battle Royale with a little bit of Cure thrown in the mix with a little bit of uh, Gaunts in terms of a little bit. And, uh, yeah. you know, uh, a few other it's a it, it's a movie that like 
it, it's very interesting because it does this or in the su- in suicide club which is I that's think, the one i was thinking of man. yeah 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 in suicide club me, me suicide club i i, I didn't <laughs> I, I almost so i saw that movie at when i worked at blockbuster and i i honestly sometimes think that i made it up because <laughs> you could you could ask a thousand people if they've ever heard of the movie suicide club and you could like even describe you could even like say word for word the first half of the script and be like what are you no, that's not a movie. It's like, dude, I saw this fucking movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Suicide Club, which is uh, what is it? So, how do you say his name? Sonin Sono Sono. I always fuck his name up. I don't even remember who it was. Sonin Sono uh, recently canceled uh, not that long ago. Uh, Japanese filmmaker uh, uh, Cien Sono um, had a big following. He's done movies like uh, what is that? Love Exposure. Uh, yeah. He's done he did, other big he did a, things. He did yeah. a movie with Nick Cage not that long ago. Recently, what? really? Yeah, yeah. It didn't. It wasn't that good. Um, That's from, at least, at least from what I can tell. <laughs> I haven't watched it all the way through. Uh, but Shian Sono has a lot of movies. He's a cult director. I think Tokyo Tribes is another one where he's got like it's like a rap movie with all <laughs> Japanese people. Like he's an interesting filmmaker. He's a very yeah. interesting filmmaker. Like for real, he's got a cult following for sure. Uh, but he was recently canceled. Um, so <laughs> for what? Uh, what do you what uh, do you do? Well, um, I will say this: Japan is behind the times, and they're a uh, if you're a man of a certain age in Japan, um, the chances that you have uh, uh, dabble sexually harassed women or uh, yeah. <laughs> things inappropriate okay. to them is probably likely that you have if you're of a certain age, right? Um, yeah, and definitely. well, some reports that came out, I think it was an American, if I'm not mistaken, I could be getting this wrong. I think American actor had came and worked on one of his movies and mm. then was like, I can't believe what was happening. Uh, you know, because and, and it had to be, it had to be an American actor. Cause I think, I think yeah. J- Japan was behind the me too. They weren't like yeah, the me too movement hadn't caught up with them yet. So like they came in and was saying shit about like, you know, how the, the mistreatment of women and how they were doing certain shit. So Google it. It's there. He's a recently canceled guy. Uh, but that being said, uh, he has a, a very uh, storied filmography. Uh, and, and and Suicide Club is one of the movies that he's known for. Um, I need to rewatch Suicide Club. I haven't I, probably seen it in like 20 years, but, no. but yeah. how old am I? I don't know. <laughs> it's like, been a long for time. Signal, for Signal 100, <laughs> uh, uh, it's very interesting because it does take place in a high school. It does place take place uh with all these young young high school students um it also reminds me of uh a couple of mike movies uh mike has a movie called uh i think a less lesson of e- lesson in evil lesson of evil which is about a, a teacher who like basically shotgun kills a whole bunch of his class his students that he teaches uh mike's mike's awesome um and he, also, he, <laughs> he also has another one that's based on a manga i think it's like called like something of the gods where again like this giant spinning kabuki head is like killing the students in the cool so it, it definitely Sounds has like shades him. of japanese like cinema has an obsession with like watching the brutal deaths of young people specifically high yeah. schoolers in uniforms uh like i don't know it's like a fetish thing now uh, what's interesting about uh <laughs> what's interesting about signal 100 though is uh one it's it's a female japanese director uh lisa uh like i said taka 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 kakakaba I'm pretty Takaibo. sure I'm gonna, can you Something. say Takaba maybe Takaba Takaba uh she's like I think uh, I think she's like a 40 about to be she's like a 40 year old I think she's like 40 years old um she's only had a few films under her belt um but this is the first of uh this is the first movie that I've watched of hers 
but I'm definitely interested to check on um, some of her other movies. And I heard she's like doing something with Blumhouse, which is not a good sign. Because right. um, <laughs> <laughs> Blumhouse is not really, um, you know, uh, very, yeah. Jason Blum is kind of, uh, I'm a, I mean, I don't know. I feel like he's ran. I feel like once post get out, he's been kind of shoot, shooting blanks a lot. Like, so, so uh, I don't know, but um, signal 100 is first of all, Eddie, uh, what, what go, did you go in blind watching this? Yeah. You went in completely blind. <laughs> I usually go in blind to movies like, um, and that maybe it goes back to even working at blockbuster. I just like pick something up and watch it. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't give a shit. Um, so usually like after I watch a movie, sometimes I'll read reviews of it, but I don't know. And like, what's funny, I'm not someone who cares about spoilers. <clears throat> yeah. If something gets spoiled for me, it's like, I don't care. Um, but I almost never like learn anything about books, movies, or video games before I play. Like, <laughs> I just, I tr- oh yeah, that sounds good. I try to, I try to know a little bit because I feel like some like what i hate you only have so much time on this earth right that's what i mean so so but but what i can do is context clues are very important yeah like i look for certain context clues where i'm like this looks interesting and there's certain things like i have to you know what i mean like and usually i'm i got a pretty good like barometer or i can like be like i just need to see a few things to yeah. know if it's like and i guess that's kind of like where i'm at like i can i know just from like a few things like if i'm gonna like if i'm probably gonna like something yeah sometimes I'm obviously wrong, and I'm like, this is garbage. But, you know, like, uh, but yeah, I went in. I went in blind. I didn't even, I didn't even know the name. I forgot the name when you sent it to me. <laughs> Just downloaded and started watching it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, what was your first thoughts um, when I will say when, like the because for for those who don't know, like it starts pretty like standard like teen kind of movie where it's like you see a bunch you've introduced to a bunch of kids in class and you're you're getting a little bit of like the dynamics of like the kids you know like this this guy likes this girl and like this is this group is kind of like you know and you're and you're seeing them all happy and like they're talking about like what they're going to do after school and yada yada yada. and then you see their teacher you're introduced to their teacher who seems like a uh a weird creepy japanese guy um (laughs) (laughs) But but like but like the way a weird creepy teacher would be kind of in a way. Yeah. Um, and then uh, it sort of I think what happens first is like one girl is talking to him off in another room, and he like taps her. Right? She like comes to see him after school. It's after class, right after yeah. school or whatever, right? And <clears throat> and like he does, I'm not again like he does like a he like touches her right. Um, I I can't remember, but like he he does something that basically like, you know, her eyes go vacant and she's hypnotized. Right, and you're like, holy shit! Like he he he's basically hypnotizes this girl, and then she yeah. walks back to the class where the there's a bunch of students still in class, right? And she puts in a DVD, and then the DVD plays, and, uh, and then on screen we see sort of like what can only be described as like some sort of weird, um, psychedelic. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, like hip, it's, it's, it's a hypnotic suggestion, right? Like, um, and you think, you know, the, the the kids watch it, they're entranced, right? They don't know what's going on and then it's over. It's, you know, then, but that's when we discover, uh, fairly quickly, uh, once things things start to go bad (laughs) because kids start killing themselves. Um, um, and you're like, what the fuck? 
and you don't kind of there's no context to like them killing themselves until like the teacher kind of comes back into the classroom. Yeah. And he just really starts to lay things out for them about like what the fuck just happened. Right. Um, now, he kind of explains in a very. I don't know, like. In a very clear way, but also kind of like leaves them in the dark intentionally where it's like, you know, you've all been hypnotized. Um, and guess what? Like there's a hundred triggers, you know, signals as they would yeah. call them, where if you do one of these a hundred things that will trigger you to kill yourself. Like, and, and of course the most obvious things come to mind initially, which is, you know, if you try to leave the school grounds to kill yourself, if you tell anybody what's happening, you kill yourself. If you try to call anybody, oh, anybody <laughs> kill yourself. Yeah. Right. And you, and you get to see like, they kill themselves in the most gruesome ways, which, you know, this movie is very, very uh it revels in in sort of the the ways that they can depict yeah people killing themselves which is kind of fun <laughs> um but you're like oh shit like and then then to top it off the teacher like he kills himself or you know what i'm saying um or yeah. um so you leave these students alone fucked and he sells them one thing though there's only one way to break this sort of hip the the, the, the spell sort so to speak right which is once there's one person left then it then, then so everyone has to die in the last person they'll be they'll be alive because the spell will be broken at that point like right so you're like oh shit uh and you're like where and i was thinking at this point right i don't know if, if you eddie you could tell me but i was thinking okay so how is this gonna how is this gonna work and how are they gonna deal with this and it's very interesting because they place a lot of limitations this is why i throw the gantz thing in there because i recently mm. this is i recently read gantz and gantz is a very uh, and I was on Agitator talking about Gantz, but like Gantz is a very rule-based sort of manga, yeah. right? And this is very rule-based. And they, they establish these sets of rules and you're like, okay, how, how is this going to be uh, weaponized by, by some of these kids? Because you know, like you, you, there's a couple of kids who are like clearly the villains, right? Yeah. <laughs> of this. <laughs> and it's interesting how they weaponize it because one of the triggers is you can't physically attack or try to do harm to another or you'll kill yourself. So it becomes interesting the way they get people to kill themselves or, you know, right. what I mean? or to use finds ways to attack their fellow classmates. You know, um, how, what were your feelings upon? Like, did you have a similar feeling? Like, how the fuck are they going to how is this going to work? <laughs> I guess like for me, I wasn't even trying to like figure out how anything was going to go. I was just like, it's just kind of like in it, you know, it, it in some ways, um, was like a throwback to me to things like suicide club where like going in blind i just like pick this up i know it's gonna be fucked up because it's called suicide club i'm watching <laughs> at like one o'clock in the morning i'm just like fuck i understand why it's called suicide club you know? <laughs> like, um and it was kind of that thing where i was just like i was just i just buckled in and i was on for the ride uh so i wasn't even trying to like figure it out it was it's a funny movie in that like it's it, it's so kind of like over the top that it, it it's almost like silly yeah, yeah. Um, which again kind of like reminds me of some of those like those random asian tartan extreme movies that you would watch like 20 years ago where it's just like, yeah. like man this is this, is fucking this movie would be like if it was if it was made back then it would be a tartan asian extreme. oh yeah like, for sure like it's tartan it, asian it, extreme territory it's yeah. built for that and it's like it seemed it's it like owed so much to that and like i think it's kind of funny because i i haven't watched japanese movies like I said, I haven't really like kept up with movies for like the last 10 years so much. So it's like my frame of reference for Japanese movies is still like 
pretty old like yeah, when yeah. Tarn extreme was like still around <laughs> and so i was like man this this is like it's like picking up right where you left off <laughs> you <know? laughs> um so I, I enjoyed it it was just it's just wild like i don't know you're just kind of like oh yeah why not why not this now sure they're pointing at each other people are dying <laughs> like, yeah so so one of the one of the things that you find out is is sort of like well the students try to like come together at a certain point once the teacher is out of the picture like they're like okay we got to figure this out guys we got to like work together like we got to figure out what the what the signals are we only right. know a couple of them and oh, yeah, then some, one thing like, you didn't is like uh only one person survives right only yeah, one like, person can survive yeah, yeah so yeah. like they all gotta die <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's and so stated that's, and you're like you're like okay how did everybody someone only one person can survive this but meanwhile the kids are like trying to figure out how to get around it, it yeah yeah and that's like where it. it's very battle royal especially yeah 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 like... battle royale type yeah yeah and and it's so so someone it's uh, there's a kid who's like in a library looking for books and he finds he comes across this book um that it's like an i don't know it's like about it's a hypnotic suggestions book or something and it's only yeah. and it's the thing about it is it's in english right yeah i believe it's so so but only a few kids can read english because they're japanese right so like yep. the kids that can read english are saying like oh well the who the kid who turns out to be like basically the main villain he says there's 50 rules guy he comes to everybody there's 50 rules here um and then that means that there's 50 signals that that will kill us um let me write them all down but that still leaves out 50 more right now and he's like those are the ones that the teacher added now we know like leaving school grounds we've already discovered that we already discovered like you can't call home you already discovered you know he's already explained you can't attack each other so that he writes those down so they're like at like 54 ish right right that still leaves you know um over 40 that they have to find you know figure out what they are um but then it's revealed as as it comes forward that actually that book there were 64 and he was lying uh, you know what I mean? And, and yeah. you discover like he's got a whole entire plan because he's he wants to be the last man standing. Yeah. Um, and then there's a girl uh, who's also sort of like I she's like his female sort of equivalent, which is like she's she's trying to like settle petty grievances that she has with other girls. She doesn't oh, yeah. like it. And, and you know it's what I mean? Very battle royale. <laughs> battle royale. Exactly. It's very battle royale. It's interesting yeah. because it's like they take it, it takes um, it takes all of these familiar elements and puts them all together in a way that we haven't we've seen it before but we haven't you know what i mean where it's like with the cure shit it was like cure was like the guy who hypnotized people and shit yeah. so it takes that and he gets you to hypnotize and kill people and go on a rampage it's like and it's but it also it's like well what if i hypnotize you and get you to kill kill yourself like suicide club but what if it's like battle royale it's like it's like a yeah. perfect sort of uh uh way that you can Again, like we were talking about artists like Tarantino, artists like Kanye, yeah, exactly. draw from several different influences and make something new. This is what I feel like Signal 100 is, where it's like, and it's so fun because I'm like, yeah, I've never seen like hypnotic suggestion where people start killing themselves and they're trapping. <laughs> I'm like, I haven't seen that. Like, that's especially very, at scale. <laughs> you're right, right, right. Where I'm like, this is this is fucking fun. It's a very fucking fun movie. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, where you're just like watching this this game unfold this demented game of like these kids like trying to survive this and then you're watching the ways they kill themselves and the complications that are that are just right. built into the sort of lim the, the 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 limits the limitations that have been placed on them um from a story level uh i think the fun of it is like an interesting element because like um you know battle royale is like kind of goofy and over the top but it's also uh serious enough that you know, it feels serious. 
and like suicide club also is like not funny but uh this is kind of like because it's so over the top and it starts in sort of like almost like a uh you know um like a fucking like high school movie yeah it's like oh, it's just like friends hanging out it it she could have gone different ways you know she could have like been like this is dark as fuck you know <laughs> and maybe that would have worked but i think she went the right way with it and i think it's like you you really find out when people start dying and like how they die where it's like it's like gruesomely ridiculous <laughs> you know yeah. um it's, it's not like people are just like slitting their throats and dying they're like stabbing themselves in the eye with like a pen and like <laughs> gutting themselves so like fucking insane yeah. um and so it's yeah it even though it's like 50 kids commit suicide you know, <laughs> like forcing each other to commit suicide mm. uh it still has sort of like this playfulness to it which i think uh i think actually kind of makes the ending work less well yeah but yeah. i mean it makes i would it say like, this the ending the ending is kind of like this this, this movie this, the weakest part of this movie is the way it ends yeah and, I agree. And, and, and i mean that like when it comes down to the final characters but also after the addendum the way they tack it yeah they kind of on. like yeah it's like, it's sort of like but 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 because the whole front half of the movie like is so fun and so strong yeah. it's sort of like the, like it doesn't even matter like you got you, momentum you know the momentum yeah, the momentum is too <laughs> far in the way of like this is so crazy and fun that like that doesn't even matter like you're like yeah. okay whatever uh uh and it takes you know that speaks to sort of how 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 you know how good of a job uh she did at like just creating this fucking insane movie where 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 again like you you watch these kids i like it I was just waiting for them to kill themselves. Like I was just like waiting to see how they could kill themselves. You know what I mean? Like I was like, okay, how, how's this person going to kill themselves? Um, and when they really start killing themselves in mass, in the ways that they do it, yeah. like it's so fucking like, you're like, okay, well, like when the one guy's head explodes, basically. <laughs> like the, the gas. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, what the fuck? Like, it's just so funny. You're like, holy shit. Yeah. Like, you know, people hanging themselves and just doing all kinds of shit, just beating themselves against walls, jumping off yeah. the building. Like you're just watching like the creative ways in which they're like, okay, well, this guy is close to this item. So he's going to, you grab that and just use it to kill himself. Like yeah. uh, no matter how impractical, like in fact, it's probably even greater of, of a death. If someone you tries to kill themselves impractically, as yeah. opposed to like so easily. Um, yeah. Like I felt like I was just, I don't know, like people like the Saw movies, right? Like, but I feel like this is the tone that the Saw movies probably should have. Like Saul's far yeah. more, far more serious, right? Like people mm-hmm. definitely revel in like the traps and like how people get caught and like, oh, oh, oh. but it's like, but yeah, but they're kind of, they take themselves really seriously. Yeah. And I think that's like, that's kind of why I tapped out of, I only watched the first Saw for a few reasons. One is because like the, the thing that makes the first Saw movie work is the ending. Yeah, and like you can't really yeah. you can't really do that again. Yeah, yeah. And then like, but then like a few years later, I was like, maybe I'll watch it. And then I uh, saw like a trailer, and I was like, I don't think I want to watch that. <laughs> but I think you're right. Like, had it been goofier, mm-hmm. like even just like you know, turn the dial a few few notches towards yeah. goofiness, and yeah. I think I probably would have watched all of them. And so, uh, honestly, some of the sequels do kind of go that way. They kind of yeah. lean a little bit where they're like, yeah, this is really crazy, really goofy. We're going to lean into it. But I always felt like, like, 
yeah, but y'all really kind of don't go there. Like, you know what I mean? Because yeah. they're kind of it's still grounded enough and like this they is want, real. And they want that like mastermind yeah, aspect yeah. to it. Like this guy's, you know, pulling the strings. This and, guy's a genius and he's like, yeah. yeah, he's a mastermind. And that's funny because like even with Saul, like I've noticed like Lay Wanell, who wrote it, who wrote Saul, um, he's directing movies now. And it's like every movie's the same ending. Like, <laughs> like um, <laughs> Like every movie is the fucking getting off the floor. Like Invisible Man, his Invisible Man is the same shit. Um, the That's movie, funny. uh, the movie with the fake Tom Hardy with the android. Uh, what the fuck is that called? It's uh, it's pretty fun. Um, blanking on the name of it. Uh, what the fuck is the name of that movie? You know what I'm talking about, right? No, I, don't, I have no idea. What you're about. <laughs> uh, what is that movie called? It's got fake Tom Hardy. You know who fake Tom Hardy is? I don't. Uh, Who's fake Tom name? Hardy? He look. This guy is an actor. He looks just like Tom Hardy. Uh, I might know who you're talking about. I have no idea what his. I, I think I do know who you're talking about, but I have no idea what that. I should is. know his name. He's good in like a lot of different movies, like. Uh, but he literally looks like Tom Hardy. Invisible Man. Yeah, let's see who. Oh. Here it is. Okay, let's see. It's called Upgrade. Upgrade. Upgrade, mm-hmm. and it stars fake Tom Hardy, which is Logan Marshall Green. Logan Marshall Green. Yeah, Logan Marshall Green. He's he's also in um, what's what movies that I think Prometheus. He's in Prometheus. I don't know. Man, that kid does look like Tom. He looks dead That's on Tom Hardy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, he's in the movie the uh, what's that movie that uh, the Invitation I think. Yeah, Invitation, which is pretty good. Uh, the Invitation, Karen Kusama movie, but yeah. So in 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 Upgrade. Uh, you probably like Upgrade to be honest with you. Upgrade's pretty good. Like it's it's pretty fun. It's pro it's probably like uh it's basically like a better version of what movie? There's another movie that's basically the same premise, but like more I don't know, like but done lesser. <laughs> uh-huh. Like basically this guy has like an artificial, like uh an AI like enhancement in his body. Like, but the AI kind of like takes over and takes control of his body. Mm. And the AI is like sure. benevolent and evil and shit. It's called upgrade, but it's but like basically like I've noticed like with every movie that he's wrote, whether it's Dead Silence, whether it's Upgrade, whether it's yeah. The Invisible Man, whether it's Saw, like every every movie's ends the same way. Like it's all building up to this final reveal, almost like he's like M Night. You know how M yeah. Night Shyamalan is always like got a got a twi-, you know it's very 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 M Night in in that regard. But you're right, but that getting up off the floor moment has just never been topped by any of the. Uh, it's kind of like one of those things where you know you can do it once right you do it right. again like you know sometimes uh i think it's more common to sort of like repeat those things in like horror movies because you know they'll be like you know nightmare on animal street eight or whatever but like sometimes <laughs> people even do it in books where it's like it'll be it'll be a trilogy and all the books are kind of the same and you're just like come on man like why do you do this to me i could have <laughs> well, stopped at one because you know this because you write a lot. Now, yeah. I, I don't definitely want to talk about you, you know what I'm saying, you your 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 output, but like <laughs> I'm pretty sure that I'm pretty sure that you've noticed probably when you go back over like all the stuff you've written, you're like, I've been writing the same thing like over and over again. <laughs> like like on some level, even when you change it, like even when you but like you it still almost feels like somehow I kind of still told the same story, even with completely yeah. different plot, even with completely different premise. Yeah, because like you definitely have like specific, you know, you have things in you that are, you know, specific Mm. concerns or influences or ideas about whatever they may be. Mm. And so there's definitely like recurring 
themes and even images and even sort of uh, sp- very specific things that kind of like repeat through yeah. the different things I write. But uh, I, uh, I mean, yeah, a lot of my books are both <laughs> are both nothing alike. But I think that, you know I, I see how they're alike, and I'm sure right. someone who if so if someone were to read all my books, they'd see the ways that they are similar. But uh, I play in a lot of jo- a lot of different genres. I think which like mm. helps me not feel like I'm repeating myself. Yeah. yeah. Like uh, and sometimes like like with Howl, for example, which you read, like I just started writing that. I didn't have a plan. You know, sometimes <laughs> you kind of like get ideas and like you sort of you don't necessarily have like a whole plan for the thing, but you, but you have like a runway. You know, like, all right, yeah. this this will carry me away. But like Howl is just like. It was because I was talking to Kelby and uh, J. David Osborne. And they were like, you know, we're, we're publishing our cyberpunk books on December 1st. Mm-hmm. And this is like right all around Halloween. I was like, man, I'm going to do that too. <laughs> like, what are you going to publish? Yeah. Like, I got, well, I'm going I'm to start it today. <laughs> like, <laughs> I haven't like, I, I, and I think, I think it was actually David that said this about you specifically where, and he said it was a, like a light bulb moment for him. Um, which is you said to him, I'm paraphrasing, but something to the effect of like, oh yeah, like at a certain point I realized once I've written enough words that like the words kind of don't matter. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And I feel like that right there is like, it's almost like, I hate Malcolm Gladwell. I really hate him. Like I think his <laughs> books are sh- bullshit and like I've never read one, a bunch, yeah. of, bunch of padding and bullshit thesis and like premise. You know, but like, the 10,000 hour rule is like, well, while I think that's just arbitrary, like, but I do think yeah. that like there's there, everyone within them has like a limit. Right. And I feel like if you're doing enough, you hit a certain point where you've hit what you've hit, which is like, yeah. where you kind of realize like, Oh, like all the things that like the little things that like are stopping you in the past in terms of like moving forward, you like yeah. transcend that. You're like, ah, oh, yeah, yeah, I figured it out. Like, I don't really like the things that I've obsessed about, like are actually just sort of like me getting in the way. Yeah. Um, and like, and part of that too. So, cause like you're, you're basically talking about pros, you know, it's like yeah. when you start out, you're, you might be like agonizing over like sentences and like metaphors and shit, yeah, yeah. but yeah, it's like you do it enough. And eventually you realize that like, you don't have to worry about that stuff mm-hmm. because I'm like, I'm, I'm fortunate this way that I'm a first drafter. I've always been a first drafter. Yeah. I'm like, I that have, too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, man, makes it easy. Yeah. I, but I have like friends who, you know, they'll do like 10 drafts of a book and like yeah. like that sounds like a nightmare <laughs> i ain't like, having to uh, rewrite shit when they're like oh where's the wrong like fuck i gotta rewrite this bullshit i can do it yeah i hate it i was like what the fuck it's done like <laughs> and that's how i am too like i I, yeah, I i rewrite stuff but i i've never rewritten a book from like beginning to end i'm like i'll i'll, I'll fix these little things here and there but that's the book man <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and right, part of that right. is like you know, it's like because you've been so hard editing yourself for so long that like it comes out pretty well the mm. first time. So it's right. like, yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, I don't, I don't think about pros. I don't think about, I don't think about anything like that. I just go and it well, comes out pretty good. <laughs> now, I know I earlier, pre- earlier in the, in the podcast, I said like, you know, like it's dumb to compare athletes to writers, but in this respect, I do think you can, which is muscle memory. Yeah, for sure. Or what you're describing is muscle memory. It's like if you've Absolutely. done, if you like you said, you said I've, I've heard you say you've wrote like over a million words. Like at that point, if you've written that many words, it's muscle memory at this point. Yeah. Like 
So it's like even the choices that you make are muscle memory. And I've probably written like five million words, honestly. You like, know, that's what I'm so like, the, so like all of the laboring that you like, you've gotten yeah. so used to that. So like now it informs the decisions in a way that's just instinctual. Where it's like, you know what I mean? Like, as opposed to being like, "Fuck, I gotta stop." That doesn't read right. I, I need yeah. this. You know what I mean? Instead of focusing on style, you know. Um, as I said, I just bought the new the new Jordan Harper book. Um, I haven't read it, but but that's one thing I've I've talked. I was talking to Grant about she rides shotgun which it was like which i was like i'm of the belief that like like the book reads like it's been rewritten a million times mm. like it's 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 one of those books where i'm like i appreciate what he did but i'm the also like yeah but i'm also like yeah but this it's almost too calculated you know what i mean for me specifically like i can yeah. respect it and be like yo this is well written like it's definitely style definitely a style but i can tell jordan harper like wrote this seven times you know right. what I'm saying? And he got it right. But it's also like there's something to this, this like this, like I can read something and feel like the sort of a, like the messiness, like or like the life. Right. Like writing has to be alive. Right. That's, kind of, that's what I I think the, the conversation that you're talking about with David is like the, I kind of remember it because I was talking to him about like it's like uh, you can tell when a reader, when a writer is having fun writing. Mm-hmm. like it, it it comes through the book right and i to some extent i think like you can't get that if it's draft 10 you know what i mean Exa- exactly like because <laughs> like what, it, that's, it's that's it's, I mean. it's like, work right it's work and, and it's almost like and that's what i look at at that book where i'm like i respect it i think it's well written yeah. i'm like this is well written but i don't feel like jordan was having fun yeah like I feel like Jordan was like this has to be the best <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah you know what i mean this has to be hard-boiled and it has to be done, you know, and it's like, okay, it's all those things like it is. And it's definitely like, you know, there's lines in there that I'm like, that's a good line. That's a great line there. That's a great sentence. But I'm also like, but I'm like, yeah, but like, I'm looking for like that moment. You know what I mean? That moment where yeah. he's like, oh, he's just having fun right now. And I just, you know yeah. what I mean? Where it's like, and it don't translate, you know what I mean? For me, where I can't rate that book, like, like low, I don't rate it low. I think it's a g- good book, but I just, but it doesn't sound have- like it. A- it's not an all-time book is what you're saying like yeah it's like it's like it, it doesn't give me it doesn't evoke yeah like, like even for like i know elroy like i love james elroy like but like i know how he i i'm I'm, a, I'm aware of how he writes a little bit i know he writes longhand and then he like oh funny okay, then he like tr- has someone transcribe it but it's like but there are sentences in there where like this is like him on like it feels like he's on coke like I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> you know what i mean but it's like yeah. but you but it's like fucking yeah it's, it's got it it's got it like it's got whatever that is it has it you know what i mean yeah. and it's like i don't know like I. Just, it's kind of like the it factors like what we're just it's like how do you describe you know why do, do you know stephen graham jones of course yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so yeah. like you know um some of his books are just so fucking fun to read yeah, yeah. and those aren't even my favorite books by him um I think my, my favorite book by him is Lead Feather, which is like a much more crafted book. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like those ones that are really fun. They're real fun. You know, <laughs> like yeah. you just pick them up and start going. With I want to read that Degati, whatever. What is that? Nolan one? Degati. No, I really want to read that one because I heard that. I think is hours or some shit like <laughs> that one. And man, talk about a book that feels like someone having fun. That yeah. is a yeah. that is a fun book. And it's funny too, uh, kind of talking to going back to uh uh, signal 100 because like uh part of the book is the dad keeps writing suicide notes to, <laughs> to his son yeah yeah, yeah. 
and like there's you know there's like I don't remember how many, like 10 or 15 of them in the book. It's like, it's just, it's, it's something that like, if, if I told someone it's like, Oh, this is a book made up of suicide notes. They'd be like, well, that sounds fucking dark. I'm like, no, it's pretty funny. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I got, I got to read that one. And that's what I mean though. Like yeah, that kind of like when you can read or <clears throat> like, it has to be on the, like it has to, you can tell, like you can yeah. tell. And, and, and there's something, there's something, about like a writer who i don't know like i love i can like i'm not i'm not saying that i don't like books that have been edited like and been completely like yeah labored over because i there's plenty of books where i'm like yeah this has been heavily drafted and I'm, i like but it's I'm also like, like you know there's a difference between like i think this is the best book mm-hmm. and this is my favorite book right and sometimes yeah. they're the same book oftentimes they're not right and like for me it's like sometimes i i will see a book and be like this is probably the best book of this guy's career mm. but this other one is my favorite favorite yeah you know yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's like it's sloppier it's got you know there's there's things that could have been done better but you're like it just it just fucking goes man whatever yeah. it is it, it's got it and this book has this book has something different but it, it doesn't have this and one of my favorite scripts one of my favorite scripts i've ever read and i hate reading scripts at this point like I've, I've 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 i don't read them typically anymore like because i, I kind of like see in screenplay format like it's something sure. that's second nature to me like i don't even think about it but like one of my favorite scripts is by gary doberman um who ironically uh i know low res has like hates gary doberman he's like he's the bane of my existence <laughs> he talks about it on his podcast all the time like and i'm like i know gary like i know him like i'm literally we had the same manager and when i lived in la like we got beers and he took you know like and when i was going through shit he was talking so i know him like he's he's, he's, he's you know like i haven't talked to him in forever but but i know him mm-hmm. and he's transitioned to directing like i think he did like the last annabelle movie and like he did he wrote the nun and he's like he's, he's supposed to do the new salem's lot like he's writing and directing mm-hmm. right so um apparently that's supposed to be out maybe in april i don't know or some shit i don't know but 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 he's doing well put it that way he's doing well in his career but like i've read a lot of his scripts like a lot of them um and like yeah you're right like i know that like when i what i was telling low res like when i was talking to him uh, on twitter obviously we, we was dm and i was like i was like he's at a level where like his job at this point is like taking bad notes like and making them work <laughs> yeah like, you know what i'm saying because like he's gonna get bad ideas he's just like translate trans taking bad ideas and trying and trying to make them work um sure. because you know he's writing for shit that's getting made like and he's right. gotta there's like but now that he's directing maybe he's gonna have a little bit more control i don't know we'll see but he wrote a script called burst right and burst is probably my favorite script i've ever read and it's just <laughs> because it's fun yeah like it's just fun like and you can tell like he has a he has a Gary has a stream of consciousness style in his, in his scripts where like most scripts read like a blueprint, like, you know, but his shit is like, no, like, like there's actually like, like moments in the script where he, him as the script, he's like commenting like, yo, this is stupid or whatever. Like, but you know what I'm saying? Kind of like, like, kind of like, uh, you know, Shane Black was famous for that sort of authorial, having an authorial voice. Yeah. Like like in his scripts, but like the way Gary did is very, like very loose, very like, Oh, like stream of like you could tell he wrote this like probably in a literal, no pun intended, in a burst. Like you could tell he wrote it in a burst, like because the movie's about people spontaneously combusting, right? Um, But 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 topic, (laughs) right? But it is. But I I I cite that script as like you know no no like 
like yeah i know like he gets like some people are like oh he's fucking like no no he can actually write um it's just when you make movies in 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 hollywood like like i read the script for the nun it's like the most generic shit ever like he wrote it but it's like i could tell like i know what it was he was like he's getting paid to do this yeah like he was probably getting you gotta you gotta shave off your style right you gotta shave your you style know. off you know you got like you gotta answer the fucking dimension or whoever the hell it was and james wan and like all these other people in the in, who are you have to answer to you have to kind of like you know make make your masters happy so to speak right yeah or, where it's like and that's that's why i like that's why i don't want the kind of careers that some of my peers have where it's like there's guys i know who like they write they get studio gigs and they write these things and they get paid nice money but it's like but all they're doing is that though what i mean by that yeah. is they're just taking notes and dictate like they're just basically taking like recrafting the script almost by dictation like yeah. from the people that like have the you know the clout um and the <laughs> yeah. That one. Uh -huh. like, yeah and it's i mean that's like uh the the, the nice thing about just writing books is like you don't have to convince as many people yeah the right. bad thing is like i don't know well that's kind of like talking like david and kelby is like it's kind of like why we've been putting out short books it's like because one of my ideas maybe i stole it from david even it's like you a book really can't compete for attention with a movie for most people i mean there's people I, I read a lot of books i don't watch very many movies or watch much tv but like uh most people aren't that you know yeah. but it's like if i can write a book that you can read in two to three hours you might have a shot yeah. especially if it's fun <laughs> you know? and if you can feel the fun of it well here's um, the thing i'm kind of similar where i read a lot of books but that's a uh, and this is a secret about this podcast this podcast is an excuse for, to, to force me to watch more movies <laughs> you know what i mean yeah because i would if i wasn't doing this i would be watching significantly less movies but because i'm like i'm like oh i do podcasts so like it, it forces me to to dig around and look and find shit like because i've seen so many movies yeah you know what i mean but i, I would much rather read a book um a lot of times um especially i probably would in my life. i probably would rather watch a movie but like my wife just doesn't like movies <laughs> so like <laughs> sometimes i give in and i'm just like i just try to find a movie that i think she'll like Mm -hmm. it's like not even something i even care about but i'm just i just like i get like that itch that i need to watch a movie yeah. like, what about this is, yeah this i'm like my my girlfriend like thinks all the movies i watch are weird she'll watch yeah. them with me though but she's like you like weird movies i'm like yeah yeah you're right like i took her to watch infinity pool and she was like what the fuck like you know what i'm saying like she's not watching shit like that like yeah. you know what i mean yeah like she's not watching <laughs> fucking david cronenberg's son make a movie like you know what i mean like weird yeah. ass movie with fucking scars and shit yeah yeah like he's not what you know she's not typically having like she has a very you know not no no insult like she just has very like normie taste like which is yeah. fine when it comes to movies like you know what i'm saying like she has her own and i i think that i think that's healthy though like i feel like I don't want some, but I don't want, it's cool. Like to have a partner who's not the same person as you, you know what I mean? Like it's also I, for me, it's nice to have someone who's not immersed in this stuff. Cause doesn't like, give a fuck about it. Yeah. yeah like, my, 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 my wife doesn't even read my books. Um, like, and that's fine. <laughs> I can, I, I know that some people would hear that and be like, Oh, that's shitty. Or like, they'd be like, I would want them. It's like, I no, it's, I do not care that she does not <laughs> right, read my books. Right, right. It's good. But, it's probably good that she doesn't read my books. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, um, but like, it's also, you know, it comes down to other things too, where like part of the reason I got offline, like in 2016, is because like, it just like, wasn't good for me. I was, it was making my life worse. And so yeah. I just hopped off the internet 
and like i see her and she still has like a facebook and she engages with the internet in like the way a normal person does you know you know what i mean it's like she doesn't get dragged into like arguments online or like she's not checking it like 10 times a day for no reason she's just like nah like i don't know i just do what i do on there and like yeah i, I put it away you know right, right. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. and uh yeah i'm just like a free cuckoo i don't know i get i get too i knew that social media was like bad for me way back in like 2015 when like i was uh you fall down rabbit holes hmm. but you fall down rabbit holes that are are so stupid and that you don't care anything about but then like you'll you'll pull your head out like two hours later and you're like why the fuck did i just read like why did i spend my day doing this thing is like i i literally do not care about anything i just learned and yeah. i spent hours doing hours it. doing it yeah. <laughs> like, yeah yeah i've been there i've been there where it's that's that's kind of where where like i feel like now i don't even most of the shit i don't engage because yeah. i be, i became i became very like i don't know like confrontational it's easy uh, to get mad on the internet. Like the internet makes you mad. Right, but, I, <laughs> but here's the thing, though. I'm already kind of like I don't mean confrontational, like in the effect of like I'm gonna beat you up or anything like that. It's like no, just just ready to argue. Like, um, and part of that is because my online life and my offline life were were like not too dissimilar in terms of like I'm gonna I'm someone with an opinion, but I'm also like I was in a I was in a toxic relationship. Yeah. Where, well, where, that's, I mean, that's, that's arguing so was always a thing. So I became yeah. like, I basically a lawyer without a degree. Like I can yeah. argue about anything. Like, you know what I mean? So it's like transition like, online. It's like, I can just do it. The internet makes us the worst versions of ourselves. Yeah. Like it just does. Um, it doesn't have to, but for a lot of people it does. And I'm one of those people who it makes me the worst version of myself. Yeah. And yeah. So it's just like better for me to just like not be on it. So like, even now that I, I got back on like, social media when i started my newsletter again <clears throat> because uh i was like i should try to get people to read this <laughs> <laughs> um but like especially because you know in 2016 i made the both good and dumb decision to just like straight up delete my accounts <clears throat> so like i couldn't just like restart and have like all those same like followers as before because it's just gone um so uh starting over it was good for me as a person to like, just like wipe the slate clean and just be done with all that. But from a career standpoint, it's like, oh man, it'd be so much easier to like get this shit going. If I still had like 2000 Facebook friends or whatever, <laughs> like, yeah. cause then when I make an announcement, there's some amount of them are going to see it. Whereas, uh, cause I started my newsletter and there were like 20 people. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's going all right now. You know, it, it took some time to pick up, but it's, it's going and it's picking up all the time, which is yeah. fun. Yeah, and it's it's kind of here's the thing about it. Like when, and I don't know if you, if you, it sounds like you kind of do, but but I don't know if, if if you have experienced this feeling of like the biggest, the people with the biggest audiences. Um, there's 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 this dilemma that you kind of have to yeah come across because it's like usually the shit that's the has the biggest audience is like the most banal, like low, like just. I don't, low vibrations <laughs> low vibrational like i know that's a fucking saying like it's like the most base like like that gets like the most sort of like in, like i guess interaction online or like even even whether it's whether it's 
fuck fuck even the art right like yeah because like even the whether it's whether you're writing books whether you're making movies whatever like like that's another audience in and of itself that may that may translate or may not like you know what i mean right. like people always say that like <clears throat> if you have a big social media presence then that should translate to well, not necessarily like no. you know what i mean like that <laughs> you know what i mean it's not necessarily true but yeah. but it's one of those things where it's like i find myself being like my own where you're trying to make art for people to con to to people to like literally be read it or to watch it or yeah. you know what i mean like you want people to to find it right yeah but, but you also kind of don't care like that people don't <laughs> like, yeah. you know, and like you kind of like, have you kind of have to be there because I mean, that's one of those things that locks you up. If you care too much about not getting the reception you think you deserve, right? You know, it's it, it stifles you. Exactly. But like, exactly. I think what's interesting about like, so there's two things that get big audiences. There's kind of like, yeah, that there's like the BuzzFeed model, just like, just whatever. It's just dumb shit. And then there's uh, the anger model. And I know that if I wrote about politics. If my newsletter was a it was a political newsletter, mm. I'd have probably five to twenty times as many subscribers. Yeah, yeah. And because when I when I do poke the bear, yeah, yeah. Uh, lots of people show up. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, there's certain things where you're just like, you know, if I just leaned into this, I know. But I'm like, fuck that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, and like, like there's yeah, a reason yeah. I don't, because it's like I, I don't want that to be my life. I don't want to be someone who has hot takes right. that I have to have every day. Well, I was on a podcast previously uh, uh, called Buzzkill. And, and one of the things that like made me like not do that podcast anymore uh, with with my co-host was I got the sense that like he wanted to be more hot takey and what i mean by that yeah. is like like or, or, or be more irreverent like you know what i mean like what where where it was like one of those things where like he would see because i still do this i have a i have a like mutual aberration society has a, a basically a alternate like instagram which is just a shit posting instagram like <laughs> sure. the shit posting instagram gets hella engagement because it's just goofy shit yeah and he's like well how can we make the podcast more like like that like shit posted i'm like dude like i don't want to like i'm i'm fucking like i don't want to be like irreverent for the sake of being irreverent like if i am it's just because that's how i am like yeah but it's not like i'm not i'm not trying to be a stand-up comedian like i'm not trying you know what i'm saying like i'm not trying to just do anything for the you know what i mean like where it's like one of those things where it's like yeah i could replicate my instagram like that specific instagram that's been that counts been banned multiple times and i have to make a new (laughs) one like i'll get like thousands of followers and then get banned again like, you know yeah. what I mean? It's like, I restarted it and like, but, but yeah, I know how to do that. I could do that easily, but, but that's not like, I don't even think when I do that, like that's, yeah. that's just some shit I'm doing on the side where it's just like, yeah, you know, whatever. And it's fun. It's a joke, but the, the level of investment isn't that much. Like it doesn't take a lot to shit post. It, people yeah. may think it does. They'd be like, Oh no, it doesn't. And it's kind of, it's like the engagement that it's like, you get a lot of maybe followers and engagement, but it's like, are those people going to like follow you towards right. something real? Are these people going to translate? Is, is this audience going to translate to the podcast? Is this audience going to tra- fuck the podcast? Is it going to translate into like people reading some shit I wrote or yeah. watching something? No, like, it, no, no. Like it's really not like yeah. maybe, maybe every now and then it will. But truthfully, that's like, it's not a one-to-one 
correlation. Right. Like, you know, yeah. gonna, you know what I mean? And I mean for the jokes, you know, yeah, I mean? And I mean, that's kind of like the thing with my newsletter too, is like <laughs> sometimes like almost aggressively, like <laughs> not making it marketable. <laughs> um, like uh, right now I'm watching um, the show called Lou Grant. You ever hear that? Called Luke Grant? Lou Grant. Lou, like L-O-U, Lou? Yeah. No, I have not. What so is Lou, Lou Grant was a character on the Mary Tyler Moore show. So it's right. like the 70s. Uh, I love the Mary Tyler Moore show. We're rewatching it. But uh, one of the spinoffs was about Lou Grant. And uh, it's like a, it's a drama. It's like a drama. So it's a sitcom that had a drama spinoff. And it won all kinds of awards back in the late 70s and early 80s. And it's wow. awesome. We're I didn't it right even now. realize that Mary Tyler Moore had a spinoff show. It had three of them. Wow. <laughs> Um, but uh, so at, yeah, it's Ed Asner. And okay, Ed, Ed Asner. Had, like, I know who I know who Ed Asner is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've watched the Mary so, I mean, Tyler Moore show, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, uh, part of me is like, man, I should, I want to write about the Lou Grant show, and it's like, who our age, who, <laughs> who even within like fifteen years of our age, right, has even heard of this because it's it's not streaming mm-hmm. anywhere. Right. Uh, the DVDs are like two hundred dollars. It's all on YouTube though. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. We found we found this account. It's like. They haven't made they haven't made a video in seven years, but for whatever reason they just have like all the all of Lou Grant on there. <laughs> that's that's awesome. like that's like basically all that's there. It's like wonder if that person like just died. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, who knows? <laughs> they probably and like because it's so old, it also isn't monetized, so there's no commercials. Mm. Um, so it's kind of hilarious. But like uh, you know, it's probably like someone made it and just like completely forgot that they even made it, mm. like this account. <laughs> just like I'm, doing i'm gonna go look for it now <laughs> yeah i mean it's a good show um but uh yeah it's like the things i want to write about are oftentimes just like things that like most people don't even care about well but that's that's what i'm saying though but i actively want to do that <laughs> like, yeah because, yeah i mean and, and maybe it's fun. It, it's fun but also it's like it's because and again this is more more not not as much from like people that i know who who are exclusively literary because I do see the bullshit that goes on literary. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's still there. It's not like it's not there, but, oh, yeah. but, but, but the Hollywood shit is so like trend chasing to the degree that's like, yeah, they trend chase in, in when publishing. Yeah, they do. Okay. Of course they do. But it's like such a different scale of industry too. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's like even, even big out there, like Stephen King mm. might, he might sell a million copies a year mm-hmm. um but like how many people just saw avatar i don't know more than that you know <laughs> like millions <laughs> yeah you know so it's just like such a different scale and like such different amounts of money go into it. it's like like we were talking about it's like you know tens of millions of dollars go into a movie uh book i don't know costs zero dollars to write it <laughs> you know <laughs> just time and some of those event people i think who was saying that talking about like the advances they were talking about uh they're all shrinking yeah yeah well they were talking about like you know obviously um this i had i have that book um i haven't read it um i know it's a controversial book uh i know i know fuck boy is a controversial book. Oh, yeah. <laughs> i haven't read it uh but i did pick it up out of interest i was just interested yeah. in, and and i know the controversy with with the uh, Conroe and Sam Pink and all that shit. But, but um, I know that like one of the controversial things was like, he got like a 200 something thousand dollar advance. But also what I've heard was through the grapevine was that like, yeah, but like a big portion of that went into the marketing mm. of the book, um, which did interesting, which I don't know what it did. I know it's coming out in paperback, but I heard that it didn't do that. Well, I don't know. Yeah, I, mean, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. 
big um, advances are a double-edged sword because like mm-hmm. if if they put if they give you six figures mm-hmm. and you don't make and it's not just like you don't just have to break even. it's like movies yeah. like if a movie breaks even it fails right you but know here's the and thing though screenwriting though like there are motherfuckers who are getting that equivalent of that or more like depending upon if they're if it's a spec script or if, if, if there's a seasoned writer who they hire yeah. for some shit, right. They'll get those six figure numbers, 300,000, sometimes more 200,000, 150, whatever. Um, but that's not an advance. That's just, you get paid that yeah. <laughs> like, you're in the guild. So like, you know what I mean? Like you're going to get like, I'm not in the guild, but, but, um, but when, like he, the advance, they get that, but it's like, if you don't earn it back, this is your last book. Right, this is your last book. Yeah, you're fucked. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah, yeah. Your career's done now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I will say this: it, it's 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 maybe done in traditional pu- publishing. Yeah. From big, exactly big four, but yeah, we yeah. live in an era now where like the stigma of self-publishing has gone away. Yeah. Um, and honestly, like, there's more money to be made in that space. I mean, because, I mean. You're keeping all if if you do get some shit that actually sells and people actually read it, you are keeping all of the fucking yeah. money that's being made from that. That's why you see those people who like, you know, um, I I, I was the one who uh told uh, JDO and Kelby about uh, uh Quan Mills, <laughs> and uh, uh Quan Mills is one of those guys who's writing these fucking books with the insane titles, you know, like fucking uh this hoe got roaches, uh fucking the thought next door with the craziest fucking covers ever. And like, um, I mean, he's making a living. I don't know how many, yeah. much, I don't know how much those books sell, but like, but then there's some guy off the radar who's literally making a living writing these yeah. fucking insane books. You know what I mean? Like self-publishing and, and, you know, and obviously you got, you got people who like Stephanie Myers, obviously who wrote the shitty, you know, twilight fan fiction bullshit, but like, uh, um, that became, you know, huge huge and they were like okay now the big four came knocking like yo we want to publish you because you go you know what i mean yeah. so it's like one of those things where it's like you stand to like make a lot more money um and to catering to just writing the shit that you know even if you write bigfoot erotica you know what yeah. i mean like there's a there's a woman who has a patreon and i can't remember where she just draws like shit like that like <laughs> like erotic yeah. shit and she's making thousands of dollars like that's a dream man <laughs> it's like she has, you know what i mean like where it's like yeah. you know, there's a lot of ways for people to like carve out like a niche for themselves where they don't have to like necessarily rely on those sort of you know the traditional you know um yeah legacy and like legacy it, fucking media shit if you're smart and you've done traditional publishing mm-hmm. and because it's really it's like the best thing that traditional publishing does for you is it gets your name out name there out there right and it's like so that's that's why i am uh sort of looking for an agent because i would like to have a major you know be on a major publisher and it's like one of those things where like of course if i got a book at a major publisher i'd want it to succeed but even if it tanks i don't care because now thirty thousand more people know my name yeah yeah, and some of those people who bought because like let's say it sells five thousand dollars five thousand copies which is a failure um it's like well that's five thousand people who might come back to me and buy my self-published books yeah you know it's like that's that's a lot of people that's a I always, living <laughs> I always wonder what would happen he would never do this but i always wonder what happened if stephen king just said fucking i'm self-publishing oh he'd, he'd do he'd still do super well 
I mean, he would still do, but I'm wondering, like, in terms of, like, I feel like, I I don't know, I can't speak, you know, I know that he's, you know, an old. Yeah, he's old, so he's not, but, yeah. well, Brandon Sanderson just had the biggest Kickstarter in history. Yeah, yeah, so, so, but that's what I mean, though, but, like, with him, though, I mean, he makes worth hundreds of millions of dollars, but, yeah. but, but my whole thing is, like, is he part of the reason that he doesn't do it is because maybe in his mind, he's probably holding up the publishing industry. You know what I'm saying? Like what he's one of the one of the people. You know what I'm saying? Like it could be. Um, and part of it, I mean, it there's there's something to be said for like, mm. you know, inertia. I mean, I'm sure he has like a really good relationship with his agent. You know, he's probably had the same agent for decades. Well, I know this. I know that same like editors his, and shit. His, his editor, I know he, he had to get a new editor. Um oh, really? I think one of his I mean his editor like died or something. Or oh, something. right. <laughs> but like imagine being like a young person, like a younger person who has to edit Stephen King. Like I feel like that's what's happened to him now, where it's like these motherfuckers ain't gonna tell him shit. He's not gonna listen. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's kind of yeah, that's what happens with like anyone who's that big is uh especially if they're a cash cow, they're like, Why 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 bother editing him? Yeah, yeah. Even if the book sucks, it's gonna sell. Which a I, res- copies. I respect it because I'm definitely like, you know, like I mean, editing is cool. Like if you get a good editor, that's dope. But like honestly, like you know, if you have the if you have the fucking position that he has, why would you? You know Cheers. what I mean? <laughs> like what? No, put it out. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you know, like you like, rewrite it, <laughs> right? Or like Lee Child? Do you think Lee Child's writing Reacher books and like listening to the editor? He's like, man, fuck you! Like I'm this is the new Reacher. <laughs> like put this shit out. You know what I mean? Like uh, yeah. I, I mean, then, I, yeah. I don't know. Like I just, I just look at, I just look at the models, the traditional models, and the new models, and I'm like, and I'm just out of pure, just like self-serving sort of like motivation i'm just like uh uh like how 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 do you hack this like how do you make this so you can tailor it towards what you want to do specifically i think it's all about i've I've talked about this with a lot of people it's like it's just all about making an ecosystem you know whether it's you know you start you have the podcast or some or like with me like the newsletter is sort of like the center of it and then build around it and it's like i just want to grab you some way and pull you into my ecosystem it might be through, you know, might be through books, might be through the newsletter, might be through short stories I'm getting published somewhere else or whatever the fuck. Um, maybe it's, maybe it's you hear me on this podcast tonight and you decide that you want to check, check me out. Um, you know, it's all about pulling people into your little ecosystem. And uh, it sucks in some ways because it's like you have, you have to build an ecosystem. Mm. You, know, you can't just like, you can't just write a book and be like, all right, you take care of it. Right. You know, yeah. um, but in, on the other side, it's like it's it's cool because like. It's like, yes, I have to build an ecosystem, but it's my like I get to make it. I get to define the boundaries and everything like that. And if I don't want to do something, I just don't I don't have to fucking do it. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Like, <laughs> and I think that's to see that. And that's that's probably the difference between like someone like you or someone like me in comparison to like a lot of our peers like yeah quotes is because i feel like a lot of the people we know don't that's not the goal like the goal is not to just do your own thing the goal is to be in submersed or entrenched in the system yeah and to be sort of always chasing the next thing you know what i mean like and i mean there's benefits to being in those positions and like even though like, you know, getting to those positions is basically drawing the lottery. Yeah. But everyone thinks everyone has a ticket and they all think they're going to win. 
But my and, thing is this though, I never understand like we when a person achieves a certain level of success, right? Or and and get has a has a hit or whatever, right? Um commercially. Um what I never understand is or I do understand it. I I I've I've articulated this idea of a test, right? Like where every I've said this before, which is you everyone like if you reach if you if you have a success, right? A commercial success at that point you're presented with a test, right? And that yeah. test will determine what kind of like, you know, artist you are, you know. I know that sounds pretentious, but whatever. It's but true. like but, but but it's like and the test is this, it's like, okay, when you have a success and you can basically they they say to you, okay, you can write your own ticket. What's next? That's the test at this point is do you do you take that and say, okay, I'm going to do my own thing and continue down that path of being your own sort of, you know, or or and be sort of in a way as as um like I don't know, just do you create your own bubble? Yeah. Like, do you create your own bubble where you create from where you're off away and you have you exist as this this sort of like I come back in when I have something and I go back out and I just sort of exist that way is and, and let my sort of my muse, my whatever I want to do dictate how I, you yeah. know, are I mean, or do you become somebody who sells out completely and just like that everything is about the next big thing? Like now I'm gonna yeah. work, now I'm gonna work with this one, or I'm gonna work with, with this famous person, or I'm gonna, you know, like like or I'm gonna work with this studio or this publishing, I'm gonna put out this book, I'm gonna put out this movie. You know, we see those people all the time. And the people yeah. that do that, those are the people who I say fail the test. Or it's like you failed the test. You know, but at the same time, it's like it's hard to hard to blame them. You know, <laughs> I sometimes think it's like uh, I think Adam Sandler and like uh, Will Ferrell are really good actors. Um, and uh, sometimes I'm like, well, why do they why do they do the movies that they do instead of like the more interesting movies they do? It's like, well, there's a, there's a lot of money. I know. I know for a fact, like I know for a fact I've seen like up close, like the way some of these people live. Yeah. And like when you're buying houses, like multiple houses, when you're buying houses in different countries, when you have seven cars and shit like that, like, yeah, you got to take those jobs. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You got to want to be, I need to, I need to keep the money rolling. Like, as opposed to st- like, you don't have to live like a certain, you know what I mean? Like, well, I always respect people that like have fuck you money and literally say, fuck you. Well, you know it's kind I mean? of like, you, you can be, you can go. Dave Chappelle or you can go Mike Myers and it's exactly like, exactly know. where it's like no 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 like I, I've made enough like I don't have to do this ever again yeah like <clears throat> so I'm gonna live my life that way as if I don't have like where you see the other people it's like okay but like Nick Nicholas Cage is always doing movies because he lives a certain lifestyle like yeah. you know what I mean like he's never gonna stop <laughs> like you know what I mean like it's like dude but you don't ever have to make a movie again you've made it you've you made enough money yeah. <laughs> you, know what I, you know what I mean like yeah, so so it's 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 just interesting. But um to close it out, I do want to touch back on uh uh Signal 100 and then you know yeah. <laughs> <As> you <get laughs> going. yeah, um let me ask you this about Signal 100. Okay. Yeah. Uh did you did you like Signal 100? I I do like it. Um like it. but it's like I guess <laughs> the answer to a different question is like would I like it if I had not been a blockbuster employee and right, you know, right, like, right. like, like had, had all these like you know would you better question if signal 100 was on the shelf at blockbuster would 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 eddie be like i gotta check this out oh, yeah, I, yeah i would have yeah but it's like had if had i never seen an asian 
Carnage Extreme movie, mm. and I watch this, I'd be like, that was that was something. That was, yeah. that was definitely a movie. <laughs> <You> know, like, <laughs> so it's hard to say. It's like, do I like it or do I just like it because it reminds me so much of these other things. Well, you here's know, it's the thing, like, though. I b- I believe this about it, right? I believe that it's such whether whether you have like the most basic, you no know, normie like regular movie taste, or you have like a various particular. I feel like the movie is so crazy and so over yeah. the top that you're just gonna either way you're gonna be like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Like I I feel like it's going to provoke yeah. a response. Like, it's not a movie that you're just gonna forget. It's, right? It's not. It's not it's, a movie that you're fun. just gonna sit there passively and be like. You're gonna be like, yo, what? This, why is this happening? Like, what? What the fuck is going on? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's not every day that you see, especially now, um, a movie that's like about kids committing suicide because, <laughs> like, and in in, in 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 with glee. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I think that's the real thing is like the gleeful really? suicide, and that's like mm-hmm. it's you know we talked about it, it's like that's kind of what makes it fun. It's it's a so it's a. If I told someone, it's like, oh man, you gotta watch this movie. It's so fun. They're like, what is, what's it about? I'd be like, kids committing suicide. I'd be like, oh, you're a fucked up guy, huh? <laughs> like, that's why you know, it's awesome, right there. That's yeah, why but it's like, awesome. but it is. It's, it's a fun movie. That's just, it's wild. And I, I love the. There's just like, I don't know. I love wild shit. Like, it's, it's, it's rarely like my favorite stuff. But there's just something that I just I love about it, like uh, right. you know Conan the Barbarian that uh, from the '80s with Arnold Schwarzenegger is both like not a good movie and also like the best movie ever made. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like I love stuff that's like that, where it's just like this is fucking wild. I love it. And it's like, oh, what do you love about it? It's like it's dumb. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. One yeah. of the one of the uh, one of the best. You know, it's funny. This is totally like has nothing to do with it. But like one of the one of my favorite sort of uh, things I've ever heard, like that I feel like it's the biggest compliment um, was someone described, um, you know, speaking of Conan the Barbarian, uh, uh, fucking uh, John Milius, who wrote Conan the Barbarian. Uh, someone described him as a gifted barbarian. Like, <laughs> it's like you know, I've, I've always thought like that is the best. That is like the best compliment you could ever, yeah. ever, ever give someone. Like, and I feel like, uh, I, I feel like that's like, um, that's that's my taste. Yeah. <laughs> like, it doesn't even make sense. Like, your taste is a gifted, but no, 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 no. I the oh, stuff yeah. that a gifted <laughs> barbarian would make, yeah, is my taste. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, and like, I don't know, and that's kind of like, I mean, even with a lot of the stuff that I'm writing right now, it's just like chasing the fun. Like, what, exactly. what is, what is, what is like. What is making me like laugh to myself right. at my keyboard? And I mean, even that's that's like a lot of my newsletter. Like, doesn't always maybe seem comedic on the side of the readers, but a lot of times I'm just like, I'm just laughing. I'm having the time of my life writing these stupid essays. <laughs> so check out Eddie's uh, uh, Substack Wolf. Um, yeah. So I will. I'll, I'll go ahead and wrap it up and say. Uh, Thanks, thanks, Eddie. It was, it yeah, was thanks great. for having me. It was great to talk about Blockbuster. It was great to talk about Signal 100. Um, this is the, the moment in the show where uh, I have you just plug away. So, uh, feel free to tell everyone again if, if, if they don't know where, where they can find uh, your books and your, your, your sub stack and all that good shit. Yeah, I'm uh, my sub stack is uh, Radical Edward 
www.substack.com. Um, that's where you can find me. If you search me, if you look for my books, I'm under E. Rathke. I just put out a book called At Home Inside You, which is a, a, a YA body horror romance. It's fun. <laughs> dropping a book. This is something I forgot to ask you about. Um, you're so you are you dropping a book every month? Yeah. See, see, this is what I mean. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I decided that uh, a few weeks ago. I was just like, so Eddie's dropping it. a Let's book every it. month. Um, again, like I know we didn't really hammer on, on a lot of, on your you sort of. Uh, so that's actually my plan for the next ten years is book a month. I love that. Next, you're like the next 10 years. You're like the Takeshi Takeshi Mike of, of, of books. Just going for it. <laughs> just word so. of word, just banging them out. Um and 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 even your essay, which you should definitely read the essay when you talked about sort of like your your what your day looks like in terms of oh, yeah. How that you one's over at uh, the, the the bestseller uh substack. Yes, on the bestseller substack, which is uh I think it's that's JDO's, right? When everyone yeah, has a guest guest contributors i think i've had everyone on from broken river on now <laughs> broken river is the best uh it's funny because i was just talking about that today i was like i wish i knew more writers who were good yeah <laughs> like we, we got them all here <laughs> but, so yeah. yeah man um definitely check out all of uh eddie's books he's dropping them like fucking like they're going out of style just got plenty of them how many books do you have actually uh out out right now including at home inside you there's four four so there um, you go four the books. old one the old ones are out of print so you, you can't you can't get them anyway but uh okay well yeah. if you check amazon for his out of print books under edward, <laughs> under <laughs> if, edward you can, if you can find them <laughs> e. if you uh, find but... them i'm not getting paid for it so <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. i find it in one and a half price book somewhere yeah um if i come across one i'll let you know <laughs> uh as always um i don't know how to end podcast uh so uh this is this is the end <laughs> thanks thanks Ed. no up. thanks for having me man that's fun i thought of something why don't we rent a video tonight
this world.